Right now at Taco Bell, you can collect free Batman cops. Like a free Batmobile cop. Or a free Batwing cop. Four cups in all, free, with free refills and three cinnamon twists every time you buy a 32-ounce drink at Taco Bell. I want you to tell all your friends about me. I'm Batman. Of all the challenges he must face, none is so determined, so relentless, so diabolically ingenious as you. Taco Bell introduces the Unmasked Batman game. Just peel back Batman's mask to reveal Bruce Wayne, and you can win cash. One of millions of prizes, or even a Batmobile, instantly. Only you can unmask Batman, only at Taco Bell. a second chance to unmask Batman. Until now, Taco Bell introduces five new Batman and Robin collector cups, each with two chances to unmask Batman. Reveal Bruce Wayne. Yeah! And win cash, one of millions of prizes, or even a Batmobile. I won! Instantly, only you get a second chance to unmask Batman. Only at Taco Bell. Hey everybody, this is the Bat Fans Timmy Time Revolution podcast. Uh, <laughs> episode number something and <laughs> um this podcast brought you brought to you by the Bat Fan, Batman Universe Podcast Network. Oh. <laughs> I can't say that was your best intro, Dane. Oh man, that was a train wreck. Okay. <laughs> All right. This podcast is brought to you by the Batman Universe Podcast Network. Right. There we go. I think you might have to go back a little further. I think you got our new name wrong. Oh, dang it. Oh, yeah, I did. I screwed that up big time. Okay. Hey, everybody. This is the Timmy Time and Bat Fan Revolution podcast. There you this go. is episode number 77. Yeah, it's, it's like tipping your tongue. I was like, Go on, you're going to get it. Don't back out. Yes. Oh, episode 77. So, so, so everything is good now. Yeah, we're all Okay. Uh, Seven, yeah, seven's so, a good number, though. You know why, right? Why is it a good number, Tim? Because our podcast <laughs> is now the year of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Technically not 1977, but we'll see if we make it to 1,977 episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm just going with 77. It's going to be a long time, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry we missed the week because um, I went on a trip. I went to San Diego. And... It was good. It was fun. That's good because I that had to be a good reason to leave us all behind, Dane. How could you? Yeah. <laughs> Although, like a couple of days, you know, after I arrived at San Diego, it was kind of like I just want to go home. You know, <laughs> like the comforts of home. You, you know, you miss the comforts of, of home. Yeah. Well, at least it was a few days and not like a few hours, right, when you got there, because that yeah. <laughs> would have signaled a bad trip. <laughs> Yeah, and um, it's, it was the first time I actually drove on the mainland, so wow. that that was pretty pretty cool and bad <laughs> at the same time because, for one thing, uh, your freeways are wider. There, there's more room on the freeway. Well, like our, you know, our lanes, we, we can get over here with all the traffic we have. Yeah, like the the freeways. Are wider and our freeways the the lanes are smaller 
and and so like I was using uh, the the maps app on my phone to, oh. to kind of figure out where where I was going, and it's I mean it's kind of hard to explain to somebody that lives on the mainland or hasn't drove here before, but um, it's kind of like you know when your exit is coming up, uh-huh. it's like oh I got some time you know whatever. And then you slowly make your way into the right lane to get to your exit. But I realized in California, it's like you have to go right when you get the alert. Yep. <laughs> to to make it because there's cars. I mean, there's cars behind you. There's cars on the side of you. There's cars in the lanes that you have to get into. So that's why when I drive, even if it's a while i'd like to stay in a certain lane for the long if i know yeah. when the exit's coming like i'm staying here no matter what because it might be asked to get over like right when the exit's coming up and i might miss it or something it's like i'm just staying here so there's a truck ahead of you going like 10 miles an hour yeah. <laughs> that has happened sometimes so you just stay behind it on occasions yes yeah and people in california don't know how to park <laughs> I, I swear that is it's, true it's like i'm pulling to the target and like I'm looking for a parking spot. I see a parking spot, and this guy is like over the line. His back <laughs> tires are over the line, and it's like, what? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Did you just give up halfway through? Pretty much. It's like we're always moving so fast over here. It's like, eh, who cares? I'm not gonna. I'll just be in there, in and out, real quick, and I'll move yeah. out of my car out of the way. <laughs> A lot of angry drivers. <laughs> Did you get hogged out a lot? <laughs> no, no, not me. But um, I don't know if it's where you live, but Tim. But um, like in San Diego, there's like a trolley or a train or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was in on a road that had the stop. Okay. You know where the the arm comes down. Uh-huh. And for some reason, it took like ten minutes, and this guy in front of me or like a car ahead of me thought that the guy at the front was just didn't see the the thing go up right uh, so he got out of his car oh, he walked to the front and he was and he got all pissed off oh, <laughs> so he just turned around or something well glad us here in california has left a good impression on you <laughs> showing yeah. you nice and kind and patient no, it was fun it was fun it was it was cool uh, it's really hot though because it's it's a clear sky. I, I've never seen a sky like that where it's it's all clear. Really? <laughs> yeah. In Hawaii, you never get that. Well, occasionally, but cloud cover is soon to come. <laughs> I mean, this was like all days, no clouds. Uh, that's true. Clouds are a rarity <laughs> in yeah. California, even in the winter. It's like, wow, there are no clouds here, and it gets really hot because there's no clouds, and if you stand in the shade, you get cold. And you told me you didn't like the water too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you sent me that text. <laughs> well, in Hawaii, uh, we don't have the, um, what is that called? That stuff in the water? The Fluoride? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fluoride. Okay. yeah, yeah, fluoride. So I uh, was brushing my teeth and I drank some water and it was like, oh, man. It's disgusting. <laughs> Did you just add a bunch more toothpaste on there? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think the toothpaste would have made the water taste better. <laughs> but all in all, it was a fun, it was a fun trip. I, it, 
San Diego's a nice place. Yeah, I've only been there twice. Once as a little kid for vacation with my family. And then yeah. just back in July when I went to that Comic-Con Star Wars Rebels screening. <laughs> that was it. But... Oh, so so you would drive two and a half hours or whatever it is to go see that, but you won't go to see me. Well, apparently on Valentine's Day, I'm not allowed to go see you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My girlfriend would have killed me. How could you choose her over me, Dane? I'm hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you broke my heart <laughs> so, so was I going down a path that you couldn't follow yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm uh, gonna die of a broken heart it's all because of you <laughs> it's kind of a lazy thing to do in Star Wars oh she died of a broken heart <laughs> There's been, I don't know if there's like been a the recent theory of how maybe it wasn't of a broken heart, but maybe Palpatine had something to do with it. Palpatine killed her? That's it's a theory going on right now. Uh, but yeah, that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> so, so what's like the theory? Is it just, oh, Palpatine killed her? Like he used, yeah, like he manipulated the force in some way to have her die. That's also lazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Palpatine did it. Uh. I think that was the gist. There's probably more to it, but it was a while ago since I read that old thing. <laughs> but I, don't I could kind of ever... see it if it was like a, like a she died of a broken heart, but she had this heart defect. Yeah, because the droid did make it a point to say she's like medically she's completely healthy, but for yeah. some reason she lost the will to live. So yeah. maybe it's like Palpatine playing some tricks with her or something. I don't know if that's possible. Like you lose the will to live and you die yeah. of nothing. <laughs> Then again, it's the Star Wars universe, so <laughs> some yeah. things you just gotta let go. Yeah, and Yoda just gave up at the end. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's start that again. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's um, let's turn to something positive, Tim. Yes, let us do so. Let us go to our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary because nobody else is doing this, and there's a lot of Batman podcasts, so. Let's do it, Tim. Yes, let's do our claim to fame right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so just get your media, whatever it is, uh, your beta tape or your HD DVD or your projector. And <laughs> let's uh, j- this episode, we're going from minute 31 to 32. So just queue up your beta tape or your uh, HD DVD to the 31st minute. You should see Bruce making a funny face. Yeah. <laughs> and... Let's do this. So, Tim, are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Hit play. Oh, we're already off his funny face. <laughs> yeah. You see Gordon. I was complaining about this in the last episode we did where I'll, I didn't like how the scene was ended and all that. I think this yeah. is one of those moments where, like, this whole scene and dialogue and everything in this moment worked better in the trailer than it did the actual movie. Uh, maybe just how it was edited in the trailer. Have you seen the footage with Gordon uh, doing right. his dialogue? I just, I don't know, just something about it in the trailer worked better. And there's Selena again. Hey, <laughs> I like the subtitles on the guy that's arguing with uh, Gino Temple there. <laughs> the, <Yeah>. the yuppie. <laughs> then uh, she takes his wallet. <laughs> hey, you know, it took us forever to get out of Bruce Wayne's living room. But in the course of this minute, we already went through two scenes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're zipping past. Yeah. 
But it's over. <laughs> oh, no. Dang it. This is a good minute, though. At least we're making progress. Yeah. I mean, we've made it out of Bruce's house. and Made it out of the hospital. Made it out of the hospital. That's good. So so now the, the long scene is going to be the scene at the, the banquet. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how long it takes for Bruce and Selena to finish off their dance. Well, first, isn't it uh, Miranda Tate? Yeah, that's true, too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got to make it out of her conversation with Bruce. That's probably like three episodes or something right there. <laughs> and then Daggett shows up, right? No, not in that scene. That was in the beginning. Oh, no, yeah, sorry. Wrong scene. Yeah. <laughs> we made it through that. <laughs> we made it through that. Uh, but, Tim, why don't you tell the good people about our featured topic so we can get through that? <laughs> like that segue, right? <laughs> minute by minute, yes. I'll get through this even topic. <laughs> Yeah, so we're going to be recapping the big news that happened a few weeks ago now since our last episode with DC making the announcement that pretty much, at least in name, the new 52 era of DC Comics is over. They made the announcement back on like February 6th was the day where they said about pretty much half of the books are still going to be continuing on, but then we're going to get like 24 new titles, I believe what the number was, so... It's uh, pretty much like another revamp, not quite like a full reboot when the new 52 got launched in 2011, but things are changing here. And it's, this is going to start after the whole Convergence storyline that's going to happen uh, through April and May. So when I first heard this, like my reaction was like, oh, because honestly, I think it's, it was time for a reboot or a revamp or something because the new 52, I think, was wearing a little bit thin as we've uh, documented on several of our podcasts. So... I was first excited when I heard this, like, oh, cool, I think it's about time for a shakeup or a revamp. And knowing that the Convergence storyline was coming up and how that's going to be having stories from old continuities, from, like, pre-New 52, pre-Crisis on Infinite Earth, pre-Zero uh, Hour. So that kind of got me excited. Maybe this is the way that they're going to bring back that old continuity. But then again, when this got we start reading, that was the first one I read the headline. That was my initial reaction, like, oh, cool. But then when I started reading further further on what it's actually going to be, got to say I was a little disappointed because pretty much the New 52 continuity is continuing on. It's not a full-blown reboot. Nothing is getting reset. The stuff that's happened in the New 52 is still going to continue. But the big thing is that they're just shaking up the titles. Lots of new books, and half of the New 52 obviously has been being removed. A lot of titles aren't continuing on, but we're getting new ones. So that was kind of my initial reaction at first. This kind of excitement then a little bit, uh, okay, not a full-blown reboot because, yeah, like I said, we talked about it before. I think it was, if I could have my personal way with it, I wish that Convergence would relaunch the pre-DC uh, universe. And maybe that's kind of a selfish reasoning because that's the era we grew up on. And, well, for me personally, found the stories were better there and just the status quo of a lot of uh, the DC characters were better than that than they were in the New 52, so I was really hoping that Convergence would be like bringing that back. But at the same time, I probably shouldn't have expected that because I don't think it's like DC to kind of go back on something like, okay, this didn't work, let's go back to the old way. I think they, maybe they wouldn't want to admit that, so they knew something had to be done. So instead of going back, they're still moving forward and still continuing on with the New 52, not completely giving up on it yet, but there's only going to be 49 books now, so Finally, none of the comics are going to say the new 52 because <laughs> five years into it, pretty much almost, uh, it's still saying the new 52, so that had to go. So we don't have to worry about that. 
But yeah, overall, that was my initial reaction. But how about you, Dane? When you first heard it, was it some of excitement or just like, eh, nothing is really changing? But how did you respond to it? Yeah, pretty much the the second thing you said. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the new 52 is ending, but nothing's really changing. So I don't know why this was an announcement, but okay. Yeah, I mean, cause yeah, cause they're the big thing is they're pushing these new books. I mean, on the Batman front, go over some of the ones that we got. Like the one I'm most excited for, Batman Beyond. Then you got uh, Batmite. Then you got um, Robin, Son of Batman, and then also We Are Robin. Then there's one Red Hood's Last Arsenal, which is obviously taking place of Red Hood and the Outlaws. So certain new ones have gotten my interest, but other than the Batman books, and you got some other ones. I mean, Batmite. It's kind of weird that he's having his own title. Then Bizarro is going to have his own title. Then you got stuff like um, uh, the uh, Green Lantern Lost Army. I'm curious what that one's going to be. And then you got like Harley Quinn slash Power Girl team up story. You got Justice League 3001, Justice League of America. You got Earth 2 Society. You got uh, Martian Manhunter is getting his own comic too. Like the ones that I think are cool, like Martian Manhunter is getting his own title. The Cyborg is getting his own title, which is cool. Black Canary is getting her own title. So there's certain DC characters who should have had their own titles a while ago or finally getting some, which is cool. But there's other ones, i got to be honest, the ones that are listed here, I really don't care too much about. That's the thing that's kind of making it sort of lackluster. When the new 52 uh, got revealed, a lot of those books sounded really cool, and I was like excited to get a lot of them, really. I didn't get all 52 of them, but I did get a good portion of new titles when the new 52 first started. And this one, it's like, eh, nothing's getting me too excited. I mean, even the Batman stuff. I mean, Batman Beyond... Yeah, I was excited for that. Like, oh, cool, Batman Beyond, an ongoing title. But then I kind of find out that um, it's not going to be based in the animated series uh, continuity like Kyle Higgins was, but it's going to branch off from uh, the future Zen storyline, which Terry was a part of and be part of the new 52 continuity. And I yeah, heard you that... see, that's where they lost me. Yeah. That's where they lost me. I mean, it's like, huh, okay. I guess. <laughs> I know. I know. I haven't been reading Futures in, but I heard it's been like a hit and miss type thing, and not necessarily the greatest. And yeah, I just would have rather have more stories continue on with Terry in the Batman Beyond universe in that animated continuity instead of the new Fifty Two continuity. So I'm gonna check that out. But uh, this, I'm, hopefully, it's good, and I'll continue on with it. But I, my excitement lessened on that a little bit. But out of the Batman titles, I mean, there's uh, Batman. Uh, uh, oh, Robin, son of Batman. I, I got to reverse thinking of Batman and Robin because son of Batman is replacing uh, Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin is gone as one of the uh, old titles, so which is obviously going to focus on Damien. And then We Are Robin, which that looks interesting. <laughs> I don't know exactly where they're going to go with that because if you look at the cover, it's something where there's like a lot of look almost looks like kids just in not robin costumes but they have like the robin logo on like on jackets on t-shirts and their colors are like the red and yellow so i don't know how actually this is going to play out and where this is going to come from but i would say out of all of them this is one that's most intriguing just to see what exactly it's going to be about i mean it could be something cool or it could be something not so cool depending how it goes i'm kind of split in the middle with that one what do you think about we are robin when you first saw it i haven't seen the cover yet but just the concept is it like it's like because there's a lot of kids on there it seems like like almost like a gang type thing like you see kids in uh, 
hoodies like over their heads you see like with like bandanas covering their mouth and some with like just jackets oh this looks weird <laughs> i just said we're robbing into into uh google uh, the first <laughs> the first hit is we are robin hood <laughs> uh, i would think an image would come up if you type that in should be in the link let's in the see, show notes see, too. Let's see. Oh, well, I see it. I see it. Now. The one it's good. Loading. The one good thing. Oh, it's a bunch of robins. It's yeah. like um, kind of reminds me of the end of uh, Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. where Bruce has all the the Batman. Exactly. Guys, yeah. Batman gang or whatever. Yeah, but it's like what's gonna jumpstart this? Like what's gonna inspire all these? kids or or whatever <laughs> maybe it's going to be other than kids maybe young adults who are going to want to be inspired by robin does something happen i don't think damien's going to die again well he better not especially with his own title <laughs> yeah. so yeah i'm real curious to see what's going to spark this yeah it's actually it's, it's interesting because i mean we, we've seen it's, it's kind of like a batman ink it kind of looks like yeah but true. without the sort of official you know bruce wayne is going to see these people mm-hmm. kind of thing yeah so yeah I just felt... so yeah i'm i'm with it yeah it's being written by lee bermejo and the art by carrie randolph but i was kind of hoping <laughs> lee bermejo would be doing both writing and art <laughs> on this one because he's an awesome <laughs> artist and he did, i did enjoy batman noel so he's at least from that story, I haven't read too much of his other stuff, but at least from that, what he's written, he seems to be a pretty good writer slash artist when it comes to titles. But speaking of that, that's something I noticed a lot with this, which kind of has me puzzled. I'm not puzzled, but a little concerned, and maybe Lee Bermejo is going to be the exception. But when you look at uh, Robin, Son of Batman, that's being written and drawn by Patrick Gleason, who, of course, is the artist on Batman and Robin. And... When I saw that, I was like, hmm, that kind of paused me for a little bit because we all know the whole Tony Daniel situation <laughs> from Detective Comics early on and the pre-New 52 Batman title, and that really didn't work out the best. And then not to mention David Finch <laughs> with uh, Batman The Dark Knight. So that kind of put up a red flag a little bit where it's like, okay, we've seen this not work out too much before with artists and writers, especially when they're doing both duties. I mean, we saw with the Dark Knight early on how much those got delayed and how they could only last at four or five issues <laughs> pre-New 52. This is how much that got delayed over and over again. So that some of that stuff kind of put me in a little pause situation. It's like, okay, I want to be excited for it, but at the same time, I just have my reservations for it. Like, just keep your expectations in check. And I would say even lower to be even because writers slash artists haven't had the greatest track record. So... I'm definitely going to check out Robin, Son of Batman, but just the premise of it, because it seems like if you look at the cover for it, it doesn't seem like it's just going to be focused on the adventures of Damien outside of Batman. It looks like he's going to be having some help with some like monsters and maybe like mythical creatures, because this is like this big like, bat-bear <laughs> creature or something on there <laughs> that he has chained up. Okay. Like, Damien's like he's walking up to like the Himalaya Mountains or something. So I don't know. I mean, I, like I said, being a Batman fan, liking the character of Damien now that he's brought back, which is cool, but this might be one of those titles like Grayson where I check it out, but I'm not necessarily sure I'm going to stay hooked on it because 
just the premise of it, at least just by that image, we haven't gotten like a full like synopsis of what it's going to be, but just looking at that image, like, uh, this one might be a little too like far out there and far removed from like <laughs> situations I want to see Robin in. So maybe this is going to use his superpowers more in this title. So definitely going to check it out, but it's not one I'm super, super excited for right now. But I don't know how you felt about the whole, uh, right. Like, artist slash uh, writers having double duty on this. I think it's going to, I don't want to say disaster, but I think it's looking for trouble <laughs> to have a lot of those type on these new books. I, think, I don't think it's really just Patrick Leeson on Robinson of Batman, but it might be for some of the other books too. I'm just looking through, see if I notice any other ones, but that's the one that stood out to me the most was Patrick Leeson. Has it worked in the past? Exactly. Really? I mean, I can't, I can't think of an example I know, like I said, I think Lee Bermejo mm. might be the exception with Batman Noel, but he doesn't have that yeah. uh, like amount of work to really say, yeah, he can do it. Because that was just a one-time graphic novel. Maybe he has done titles, I'm just not aware of, but just the one that's the only one I read and can base my opinion on. So, yeah, right, doesn't bode much confidence for the other writers slash artists. <laughs> now we're being negative today. I know. <laughs> What's going on, Tim? I know, especially when. D, you know, DC wants to turn this into a positive type thing because they're really, yeah. in the press release, was saying how like they really want this to be a more diverse lineup of books to appeal to like a bunch of different demographics, like more young readers to come on board. So uh, that's the main goal with this, and they're trying to say it where like no matter what type of fan you are, casual, young, old, uh, we want to have a title for you to enjoy. And that's pretty much why there's going to be a big shakeup as far as different titles from stuff you might not expect. So. Yeah, I can't say I'm super excited for it. I mean, it should be interesting. I mean, the new 52 had, at least that tagline had to end. And hopefully this could be a shot in the arm that DC knew, needed because in sales, why Marvel's dominating again, <laughs> especially after the Star Wars comic launched <laughs> last month, they just right. totally dominated. And so the, I guess the newness of the new 52 have, has worn off and <laughs> it's been like that for a while now. So they needed to do something, but um, the only other thing to mention, I'll just go over real quick, the um, books that are continuing uh, from the original lineups of New 52 titles. You still got, um, it's on the Batman front anyway, you still got Batman and Detective Comics, of course. Batman Superman's continuing. Catwoman's still going on. Gotham Academy's still going. The new Gotham by Midnight will still be on there. Grayson still going on, which I was kind of hoping they'd do something where have that end and have them go back to Nightwing again, but... <laughs> Just kind of figured there are only a few issues in so far, so maybe still a little too soon. But given how it's a revamp, I had my hopes, but <laughs> apparently nothing. So, uh, and then Harley Quinn still has her own title to go along with Harley Quinn and Power Girl. And then you got, um, I think that's about it for the Batman stuff. Of course, they got Justice League and then Teen Titans for Tim Drake and all that. So, but I think the only main one, Batman and uh, Robin, is like the big new title from or from new 52 that's not continuing on anymore and just going into son of batman slash robin so yeah i guess to sum it up i mean i felt dc had to do something and we'll see where this goes but on the batman front nothing really getting me too excited just really intrigued by we are robin to see what that's going to be and then batman beyond because i'm such a big batman beyond fan i just hope it's a good story <laughs> i mean it has a lot to live up to, to what kyle higgins did in this his run so 
I don't know. I just have a feeling my Batman comic collection might be dwindling just a few books like Detective <laughs> Comics and Batman for the most part. Because, yeah, with Batman and Robin ending and Batman Eternal ending soon and, you know, no more Nightwing. And, yeah, so it should be interesting. But I don't know. I just lost a little enthusiasm, really, <laughs> for this whole thing. I just... I, I just want that old continuity back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I may sound like someone who's just can't let go and move on to something new, but I think the new 52 had its shot of establishing some new creative stuff. But while we're getting some awesome Batman stories, there's no denying that. And some Green Lantern stories have been cool. And Wonder Woman's run by Brian Azzarello has been one of the best in the new 52. I just think overall, just nothing's really comparing to what they already established pre-new 52 continuity. So yeah, not enough to get me super excited, but I think it had to be done in the end. So we'll just see where it goes from here with DC. Hopefully it just gets more people reading the books and into these characters because uh, they need to do something to get more people interested into their characters, especially with their movies coming up too. So I think that's definitely why you're seeing uh, a cyborg getting his own book too, because, you know, they're really trying to promote him as one of the, like, the big staple DC characters, especially with being part of the Justice League. He has his own movie coming up, so it's about time he's definitely getting a book. So, yeah, just in the end, I just hope it brings in new readers, so that's the important thing, <laughs> just to get them yeah. more in the main, not mainstream, but you know, Marvel's dominating everything right now, comics, movies, so DC has to respond some way, and it looks like this is it, because Marvel just had a revamp of their line, too. They're not doing a reboot, but they're having a new status quo in their universe. So it's funny how that works that they announce something and then DC not too long after does theirs. So they always got to stay up, uh, not one step ahead, but just keep pace with each other. So we'll see where it goes. Do you think, hmm, let me really think about this question. Um, <laughs> Are you going to say, is DC going to go out of business? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, they have Warner brothers behind them. So I don't think they're going out of business, but, do you think the new 52 as a whole was a success or a failure in the sense that the stories that you like, let's take, I don't know, Court of Owls, mm-hmm. right? In the sense that that story couldn't exist in the previous continuity. It needed the new 52 to tell that story. No, it didn't. I don't think it needed yeah. it at all. Because yeah. even gave hints about it in the uh, gates of Gotham a little bit. There's little Easter eggs, so like mm-hmm. court of owl stuff. Yeah. So yeah, no way <laughs> I didn't need it at all. So just in general, do you think the new 52 succeeded in whatever it was supposed to succeed at? You know, uh, I will say no, it didn't succeed because <laughs> I mean, it brought in when this first year, I would say as far as bringing in new readers. Yeah, it did, but I don't think it sustained it. And then also, too, just for like a fresh new start for those characters, which was the whole point of a reboot, it didn't do that. It picked and choose, which was annoying in certain spots, especially with Batman, because that's the one where they wanted to have their cake and eat it, too, because let's keep the stories you all know and love, but let's only make it five years. And oh, wait, we're doing zero year. So year one never happened. And like the event stories never happened. So it was like as it moved along, they started to go away from it, but they just should have done it from the get go. So, yeah, I think overall it's a failure. Yeah. Ouch. Dang. Dang, Tim. But I cannot say we didn't get any good stories because we got phenomenal stories. Yeah, we got good stories, but I don't know. Just Just, as a universe, I guess, as a whole. Yeah, the universe and 
I remember when they announced the new 52, everybody was excited about it. And I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like DC has lost that sort of excitement. Yeah, you know? totally. And especially with, you know, the the Dick Grayson thing and uh, Rob, I mean, not Robin, uh, Damien. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and Carrie Kelly. I mean, especially Carrie Kelly because they, they had her in like, what, like three issues? Yeah. I mean, it, it was this big thing, you know, Carrie Kelly from Dark Knight Returns is coming into um, into Batman and Robin or the main Batman continuity now. And, you know, it's it's this big thing and they used it for three three issues and they did it terribly. But yeah. you know what? she'd be a good character to use for the Rear Robin thing. But I didn't look like to see anyone who might be her on the cover unless she's someone who's like uh, face is covered in the hoodies. But I mean, you don't want her to go to a way, so let's just use her for that. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think the new 52 has been kind of a failure in the sense that they didn't need to do it uh, at all. And no, you see, yeah, I think that they, it's, it's hard. I mean, I was saying, did how they I like, really need to do it though? They I mean, need to did do really? something. <laughs> yeah, but was a kind of half reboot the answer? Yeah, they, see, I'm torn because I kept saying how I just loved our previous continuity, but at yeah. the same time, they needed to do something to shake things up. They should have went full blown reboot. Everything's number one, like they did new continuity, everything. Like right now, we're in your like the fourth year of the new 52 almost five we should just yeah. we all these issues with batman we should have seen him with only dick grayson as robin and maybe right now he's something's gonna happen where he leaves and start his journey for nightwing fresh new start of everything i would have been totally cool with that yeah but you see the thing about that is you can't really do that with batman or superman or wonder woman even yeah that's the problem DC like you just can't do it because everybody knows the story everybody knows the characters and if you change it up you know, it's not really going to work the way you want want it to, you know? Yeah, it didn't work this way either. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> they, what they probably would have been best is that they should have done what Marvel did with their unlimited line, like create a new DC universe. Right, yeah. Have its own continuity and not worry about anything, but still have your main line going on. That would Yeah, yeah not, not the, the cherry pick this and cherry pick exactly. that kind of thing. Oh, but anyway. <laughs> I mean, uh, should we have a moment of silence for the new 52? No, it doesn't. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. Just execute it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, we did good. We did get some good stories though, and we got to give that credit. Yeah. Yeah. It so, um, is there anything else you wanted to say about that? No, that's it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I said all I needed to say on it. But... Why don't you tell the good people at home about our first piece of news, Tim? Yeah. We're kind of recapping some of the older stuff here <laughs> that's going on <laughs> since our last episode, but something that's got uh, revealed was that the Teen Titans TV show that's supposed to be on TV, TNT, the one that's just called Titans, uh, they pretty much over on Nerdist, they revealed what the, it's not officially concern, confirmed, but it's looking like this is going to be the main lineup, and it's going to consist of, of course, Dick Grayson as Nightwing, but it mentioned how he actually might be Robin for a little bit to start off and then go into his Nightwing role. Then you're also going to have Hawk and Dove, which is some interesting to, as the Teen Titans uh, members. And then uh, Raven and Starfire, who have been part of the team for, you know, 
tons of stories <laughs> pre-new 52 oh, 50 or pre-new 52 stories so no surprise that they're going to be in it but i will say i was expecting more like familiar titan characters to probably be in here like uh maybe beast boy or uh i want to say kid flash but given how <laughs> they might do something like that on the flash tv series i can understand why or maybe if even wanted to go like uh cyborg when he was part of the teen titans or uh but then they're using it for the movie, so I can see that too. But I guess some other older, familiar Teen Titans characters. So the Hawk and Dove are the really surprise ones. But then also, they're saying Barbara Gordon's going to be in it, which is the big thing because she was never part of the Teen Titans. And they're going to do the storyline where you know it's after the Killing Joke. She's going to be in a wheelchair and not as Batgirl, but kind of. Uh, they say it's not she's not going to go by Oracle, but that's going to be a role. Like she's going to be like the team's computer hacker and like giving them information. Like their Felicity from Arrow, pretty much the real one <laughs> is going to be in this show. So I was actually kind of surprised with the lineup, given with Barbara's in it, and then with like Hawk and Dove, and only Starfire and Raven from like the old Titans characters that we know. So it should be interesting. But I don't know, Dane. What do you think about Barbara being in the Teen Titans? Do you think it's like a just shoeing, shoehorn in? I can't even say it. Shoehorning her in to be like Dick Grayson's love interest and in that all, or do you think actually having her part of the team could could work? I don't know. I'm just excited that she's Oracle. <laughs> she's not uh, Batgirl. Um, because I've I've always felt that she was a better character as Oracle than she ever was as Batgirl. But um, no, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, I've never been the biggest Teen Titans reader, but um, I can see how, you know, people like you, Tim, the, the, the Teen Titans faithful, well, I wouldn't call myself a Teen Titans faithful. <laughs> I haven't read too many stories of that. Um, yeah, I, I can see all those people, you know, would be mad about it. But, yeah, for me, it's, it's fine. And plus, too, you can play up that whole uh, 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 relationship thing with uh, Dick and Babs. So. Yeah, I just hope it's not the typical, like, well, will they, won't be together <laughs> that we're seeing and like we see that small will arrow is it, is it 10 years of will they won't they yeah <laughs> but except this one if they do do that with them we really won't know the outcome because they never like got like got married or anything in any continuity or story or so they had like their yeah. breakups and then they get back together or there too so this can go any way they want they have free range for there we're unlike uh, Smallville, where you knew he was never going to be with Lana Lang and with Lois but yet they still went <laughs> that for 10 seasons so yeah yeah, and now that you bring that up, I was I was watching Arrow recently, and I was thinking, why don't they just make Ollie be with um, uh, Felicity? I mean, this is kind of like their own kind of thing, so why don't they just change change um, change it up? Yeah, see, like that's what they're trying to do, but I don't think they're doing a good job with it because really. It just seemed like it's fan service because that's what a lot of fans want to see or Arrow fans. They want to see Oliver and Felicity together. So to yeah. me, this season just sounded like, okay, let's do a little something with it. But I don't see it working. I don't think it's a good fit. <laughs> and especially coming from, you know, the comic book fanboys, like, you know, it's going to be with Laurel and Black Canary. So don't even waste your time flirting with the whole Felicity <laughs> Oliver. <really. laughs> Felicity and Oliver or um, Oliver and that girl that he got pregnant that we never saw. Yeah. Oh, we only saw it twice. I think yeah. she's going to come back, though. <laughs> with uh, someone else who may cause some problems with Oliver. <laughs> yeah. Some or, little um, 
Oliver and who else was he with? Sarah. Sarah, yeah. Uh, well, unless she comes back from the dead, he doesn't have to Shadow. worry about her. <laughs> Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> what about Shadow? Shadow might come back. <laughs> That's true too. Don't forget Shadow Huntress. Oh yeah, Huntress. Yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about that forgettable character. <laughs> you know, they made her forgettable, but. I will say, for regards Barbara and Titans, this is so much a better job than the Birds of Prey. <laughs> Birds yeah. of Prey. It's like part of me wants to see, oh, maybe they could do that classic killing joke moment and see her little as background. But then I think the Birds of Prey is like eh, that didn't really go over too well. <laughs> <laughs> well right, speaking of which, um, <clears throat> you remember? Have you seen like? Oh, that? sorry, I, I just clear, clear my throat on, <laughs> on the recording. <laughs> uh, at least you explained yourself <laughs> yeah now i was gonna say you seen the stuff from that uh nightwing fan film that like a few months ago okay here's where people start hating me okay i don't like fan films hey i, I can't argue with that <laughs> i've never seen a good one everything always looks cheap it's like they don't even try uh, i'm sorry if you made a fan film um you know, I really apologize, but I mean, it's just what it's just one person's opinion. But I don't know. I, I just don't like them. Yeah, I really can't argue with that because there are some good ones, no doubt. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, it's hard to make a really, really good one. But it is cool for all those to do it. But they for this Nightwing one, they think they tried to build it up a little too much. It's like this is something that should be on TV. And when I saw it, I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> the <laughs> acting in it was not good at all. And it was like probably the worst Batman I've seen. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was like like, like, like worst looking or I have both. Like, when, oh. I don't. Did they show him a costume? It might have just been bruised, but he was like way too old. I think. <laughs> <laughs> he just like when you look at like ah that does not look like Batman <laughs> or Bruce Wayne. So. But they had like a whole Barbara uh, Dick uh, dynamic in there too, and it just felt really forced. And it's the acting was not good at all. So it was like. That kind of puts like a hinder on. I mean, I can't go by fan films because this is yeah. an official big TV production. <laughs> big, so. But that kind of let the bad taste in my mouth too when I saw it. Like, because uh, it was just. I think that Nightwing film or uh, fan series got built up like way too much, and at least to me, yeah. it didn't deliver. So was the acting like, "Hey, Barbara, <laughs> let's go over there," like that. Like, just stiff acting. Maybe not that bad. I would think maybe more, like, cheesy dialogue and that type of stuff. So so were they even trying, or was it just like a... Yeah, it sounded like they were, too, yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't like it too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, But something that you do like and are probably really want to talk about is this Batman Unlimited animated movie trailer, right? You know what? I mean, we talked about this on our last episode when yeah. these got announced, and now we finally saw a trailer for it, and I was saying before, you know this is going to be geared towards kids, so well, it's probably not going to be meant for the older fans, but when I saw the trailer, it actually did not look bad. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can still tell it's uh, designed for a younger audience, and there's certain character designs I can't get past. Like, I think Nightwing looks awful. <laughs> he looks really bad. But, like, Batman looks pretty cool. And the uh, other Justice League characters, like Green Arrow and Flash, they look pretty cool. And we're getting our first red appearance of Red Robin in animation. He doesn't look too bad either. And, like, it's not, like, too 
kid friendly like super friends or anything like that it's it's for a younger audience yeah but it's not like it's being dumbed down or anything i mean the story is real simple it's about uh i think it's called like batman unlimited like animal instincts and that's to deal with penguin getting like these like uh mutated animals like almost like man man bats in it but there's like different man bat versions of different animals in a way so that's what batman's gonna have to take down and you know you see a lot of stuff with uh the justice league getting involved the different vehicles and weapons that batman will use of course to sell the toys so but i mean the production value does look pretty good the animation style is, is good besides from certain character designs and the voice acting seems good too that's the thing it wasn't like your typical like kitty voice acting <laughs> where it's like really campy and just like playing down to a younger audience. But you got Roger Craig Smith as Batman again, who played uh, Batman in Arkham Origins. And I thought he did a good job. So it seems to fit this too. So I was actually pleasantly surprised with this trailer and I think it's going to be something to check out. So from going to like, yeah, it's good. I'm glad uh, they're trying to get young audiences into these characters because DC definitely needs to do that. From now going, yeah, I legitimately want to check this out now because <laughs> it actually looks pretty cool. If I can get past that Nightwing character design. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that, Dane, but he looks awful. <laughs> just his hair just looks funny. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have the mullet? No, but I think he'd be better off with the mullet. <laughs> Ponytail? It's, it's, like, it's almost like, almost in a way reminds me of uh, Conan O'Brien's <laughs> style hair. <laughs> Except that it's, it's like not orange, it's black. Mm. So, so so is the animation as bad as um like the the, uh, the animated movie Flashpoint in the uh, beginning part? See, I didn't mind that animation style. I get like it didn't work for a lot of people, but if you didn't like that, you might maybe like this better because it doesn't no. look like that at all. <laughs> all right, so moving on to the biggest news that we have. Yeah, biggest definitely. News piece. At least the newest uh, biggest news. <laughs> we finally got our first look at Aquaman from Batman v Superman. And he looks like a bum. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he tried to make a career in uh, playing reggae. And he <laughs> his career went down the toilet. Or in the ocean. <laughs> in the ocean. Uh, so you're not a fan of it right off the bat, I take it. No, no, I love it. I, I actually like it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I seen this late last night, and yeah, I was like, wow, they, they're really doing something different with Aquaman. But with that said, it's it's the right way to do it. Yep. Yes, I concur. <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, Whoa, man, first, I'm not expecting this. Like, typical, like, Zack Snyder and Warner Brothers with how they're releasing and announcing everything. Like, totally out of blue, out of the blue, not expecting it. Because when do you get a reveal at, like, 10 p.m. Pacific time or something? <laughs> so when I saw it, I was like, oh, man, wasn't expecting this. And the first thing I noticed that kind of threw me off a little bit was the hair. Like, the dreadlock style hair. <laughs> to me, it's like, oh, man, it almost looks like Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what he looks like. He looks like Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But then when I looked at it, I was like, like the design of like his actual the armor and like the armbands that he has, the trident looks really cool. And just, it has the Aquaman feel. Like you said, it's something new, but yet I think at the same time, you still know what it's Aquaman. It has some of that classic Aquaman feel to it. And just like the style of it actually took me a while to notice this. And it's probably stupid on my part, but the way the how. Trident. No, not the trident. Oh. The tattoos on his right arm. That's kind of 
supposed oh, yeah. to look like the scale armor, but it's tattoos. And like when I first saw that, I was like, at first I just thought it was like the scale armor, but then when I looked closely, no, it's actually tattoos, <laughs> which is kind of cool. And then also too, when you kind of look down, like how because everyone was kind of wondering, are they going to do like the orange and green and all that stuff? Is that going to work well on screen? And if they go this route, I think it will, because you got his armor, which is like it's not orange, but it has the gold. Uh, plating on there and then his pants that he has in there i mean the colorization is like real saturated on here where there's hardly any color at all so but when you look at his pants it still looks like it has that green tone to it too it's very faint but it looks like it's going to be a green color and he still has that aquaman logo on on the belt too which he always has so like i said it has a lot of classic aquaman elements to it but at the same time being something new and plus too when you got found out jason momoa was going to be cast as aquaman you knew right away it was going to be something totally different. And this was pretty yeah. much how I was expecting him to look, despite the hair. But <laughs> I think it works. I mean, I sent right. a tweet out yesterday saying that they're four for four so far with their DC characters they're revealing as part of the yeah. new Justice League in this movie. It's looking awesome. Yeah, because Jason Momoa isn't the blonde hair, blue eye guy. So, yeah, I, I, I was like, yo, I was like wondering what they were going to do, but. I think uh, what what you said is that they have the elements of Aquaman in the comics in this picture mm-hmm. in the in the costume and yeah sure Jason Momoa doesn't look like the the Aquaman from the comics but you can immediately immediately tell that it's Aquaman totally yeah yeah I mean, and that's the best part of the 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 whole thing the whole costume is that it doesn't look like Aquaman but it does mm, totally yeah I mean you, and like I said when you knew Jason Momoa was cast you knew they were on a like, totally different route with Aquaman and not even totally different because maybe you can say it's from the 90s version Aquaman with the long hair and the hook style but you just know they they wanted to change the perception of the character totally different for the cinematic universe so and they nailed it <laughs> just with this image so far but as usual, I say this every time something gets revealed. I, people always find something to complain and nitpick. And for some reason, I'm still surprised by it. <laughs> it's like not even just the look of how he looked here. I mean, you can, yeah, you can say you don't like the look of it. That's fine. But I get, I saw people complaining of how they're complaining about the movie in general. How oh, this movie is going to be so dark. There's going to be no joy in it. All the characters are going to be dark and serious, and there's going to be no fun to be had with this movie, and I'm concerned about it. It's like, really? That's what you got from this? So like, uh, it just drives me crazy how they just could just have that thinking with, with this one image, and I mean, what do you want it to be, really? I mean, I like the dark and serious stuff, personally, and I think everyone's just, they're just comparing it to Marvel, and Marvel's not all happy-go-lucky either. <laughs> they have some... Yeah pretty serious and dark moments in their movies too so it's like i don't know why that's such an issue with dc when i maybe they're not as like um uh, i don't know what the, the right word for happy joyful or more lighthearted or fun whatever you want word you want to use it maybe they're not so much as that as marvel but i personally like it like that i mean i i know there's going to be some lighthearted moments and jokes and that whole previous rumor about no jokes allowed in their movies i don't think was accurate so I think there's going to be some of that stuff, but I prefer it where they have the more serious take on the characters. And yeah, this image invokes that totally, but I just don't get why that's such a turnoff for some people where they don't want to see that. I mean, do they want to go to the extreme to Batman and Robin all over again? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what people want. 
they want Uma Thurman with that weird accent and Bane in the in the uh, ape costume. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what they want. That's because it just sucks because, first of all, like how many of these Aquaman fans, I mean, he gets ripped on all the time and being made fun of as the joke superhero. Now he has all these people like defending the original version of Aquaman. Oh, like, my God. Where were you defending him when I was making fun of him? So, like, so, so what's the big complaint about it? Yeah, pretty much, I guess, the look of him not being the classic Aquaman. And then it's like I said, how oh. it just looks too serious and too dark. And it's going to be like, there's going to be no fun in this movie at all. <laughs> it's going to be grim. But yeah, I don't know. It's just, I get the feeling, unlike a lot of the Marvel movies, which right when stuff gets revealed and new information comes out in trailers, everyone's for the most part excited. Yeah, not, it's not going to please everyone, but there's like a positive buzz going around amongst like the geek and fanboy community. But with Batman v Superman, there's so many people that's already viewing it like it's going to be dead on arrival where it's automatically, they're hating it already. And it's, <laughs> I don't get it really. I mean, just if you're a fan of this stuff, how can it not excite you that we're seeing these characters be brought to life finally? And then, sure, it might not you might not like the movie or whatever, but I think just to be excited for it, just to have this like automatic negativity for it that I don't see anywhere else really, yeah. just uh, bugs me sometimes. We'll put it this way: when I was a kid, growing up in the '90s, I never thought that I would ever see Aquaman or Wonder Woman in a movie, in yeah. a live action movie. Not to mention in the same movie yeah, together. <laughs> with Batman and Superman. Yeah, with Batman and Superman. Cause I gotta See, say so, when... I mean, I'm pumped for this, so Yeah, I was just gonna say, I mean, you know people are gonna make these fan posters. When I saw like someone put together a poster with all four images of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and I geeked out. It looked really cool. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I just can't wait to see all these characters together. Not even to mention uh, Flash and Green Lantern and Cyborg when we get those reveals. So, yeah, this image has got me more pumped up for the movie and just more excited for the whole Justice League or DC universe in general. I just really like the way it's shaping up so far. But I also, uh, we put the question out on Twitter for our listeners and followers to see what they thought of it. We got a few responses to, um, first one from Randy Micah Smith. He says, I see nothing wrong with the portrayal itself. I just never cared for that version. I like the new 52 Aquaman, but that's just uh, my humble opinion, which is great. I mean, it's not his design that he necessarily prefers, but at the same time, he's not getting all negative <laughs> about it and saying how it's going to be awful. But Right, so, he's balanced. He's balanced. Exactly. He's not... Oh my god, this is the most awful thing I've seen in my life. Yeah, exactly. Which I just wish we could see more comments of. For those who yeah. know, it might not, not necessarily be their favorite. Then we got Mike chiming in saying, it's awesome, it looks like something out of Greek mythology, and it shows they are really putting effort into the character designs. Yeah, totally. <laughs> There's one thing, they're not being lazy about the designs and costumes for these characters so far. They're doing an awesome job with it. And then Corbin uh, says... Dreads and shirtless. I called it the last time I was on the show. <laughs> That's right. He did call this particular way Aquaman was going to go. So I told him he has to come back on and say how Jordan is going to be the Green Lantern. Because then my brother can give a sigh of relief. And then <laughs> there's no way that hopefully if Corbin is the prophet that he was with Aquaman, he could be the prophet for Green Lantern and have Hal Jordan be in there. Because <laughs> those John Stewart rumors, I mean, I would say there's actually stuff for both you're hearing a lot of john stewart i mean you had the uh, i forget his name but the actor who was in transformers who played that military guy he's been tweeting out all these uh fan-made images of himself as green lantern and john stewart and then he posted like uh 
an Instagram photo of him driving up to the Warner Brothers studio. So just leading a lot of people to believe like, oh, is he going to, is he being auditioning himself for how, or John Stewart, is he going to be the Green Lantern? Then there's another rumor that came out and I actually forget the actor's name, but someone got cast as Batman in Batman v Superman as a drone pilot. And you see some pictures of this guy and he actually does look like someone who could pull off the Hal Jordan. I mean, you see pictures of him in a bomber jacket. <laughs> and so that led to rumors. Oh, if he's a pilot, he looks like Hal Jordan. Is he Hal Jordan? So, uh, man, Dane, if you knew how much, uh, pain and agony my brother is in waiting for <laughs> Hal Jordan to be announced. On this well, movie. I follow him on Twitter. Yeah. I follow him on Twitter. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of get an idea. Yeah. But, but... have him tell you every day. <laughs> <laughs> does he really he he's like oh but you see if they use hal jordan they can do this and this and this yeah <laughs> he's like he's like comes and tells me have you seen this latest rumor about john stewart being it ah i'm worried like <laughs> i don't want john stewart i don't want kyle Rayner. i don't want kyle. Oh. i want hal jordan <laughs> and i was you like see, well, he yeah. had a chance technically <laughs> oh why don't you slap him in the face, Tim? Because <laughs> that's what you're doing. <laughs> well, I figured that's more painful. Me telling him he had a shot <laughs> and it failed. Yeah, he had a shot. It didn't work out. So they're gonna they're gonna go with John Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see um, uh, what's his name? Uh, I don't know the actor's name, but Diggle from yeah Arrow. David was, Ramsey, I think his name is. David Ramsey. Like he auditioned or something. No, what? it was like he was asking like the showrunners of Arrow, like, hey. I actually, my character arc eventually oh. going to lead up to John Stewart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all like, you see, I thought he auditioned for the John Stewart part. No, at least not to my knowledge, anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're like the showrunners. I'll say, you know what? We we'll talk about that later. We might have some plans later on and all that type yeah. of stuff. And then it came out later. It was like, no, like uh, Warner Brothers and DC, they have other plans for John Stewart. John Diggle won't be. Uh, John Stewart and the Green Lantern. <laughs> I actually think that would have been pretty cool, though, <laughs> if he did ended up being John Stewart and getting a ring. So, so going back to your brother, what if it's not Kyle Rayner, it's not John Stewart, it's not Hal Jordan, it's that first guy that was Green Lantern? Oh, Alan Scott. Yeah, Alan Scott. What if it's Alan Scott? Yeah, it's still not gonna make him happy. It's like Hal Jordan, yeah. buddy. Or it's like you can have someone else, but have Hal Jordan in it too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Pretty much Hal so, Jordan is a must no matter what they do. So what if Hal Jordan is in the movie, but he doesn't get the ring in the movie? Yeah, he probably wants him to be a, a Green Lantern in the movie. <laughs> he probably <laughs> wants to see one construct. <laughs> see, I think it'd be cool if they have like Hal Jordan as like the veteran Green Lantern and maybe Jon Stewart will be like the new recruit and then part of the movie is him training him to like be a Green Lantern so they can both be in it. Or maybe they could even do like a slash team up type movie where if you want to include several Green Lanterns like Hal Jordan, John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, maybe have a few aliens in there like Kilowog to be part of like your main central group of core characters you're going to focus on. I think that could be cool instead of just focusing on one because they tried that before like with the first movie and a lot of people complained he didn't go full on explore the Green Lantern mythos and like their universe and all that. And this would be a different way to do that instead of focusing on one character. Well, they tried. They tried to do that, but <laughs> it just didn't work. No, it didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, I'd hate to be your brother, man. Yeah, <laughs> especially when the movie, like, it's coming out in 2020s when they re- announced it. And so we're not going to probably hear casting announcements for who knows when. <laughs> 
I mean, unless he's going to have some small cameo in Batman v Superman, but if he doesn't, and there's also rumors too that, oh, he might not actually be in Justice League Part 1, but they're going to save him for Part 2, so <laughs> which is further down the line, which I think is that 2018 or 2017? I think it was 2018. I might be mistaken, but that's closer to the 2020 release date of the Green Lantern movie, so <laughs> you're not going to be hearing casting, I think, for that for a long time. <laughs> Your brother's going to be in a mental institution <laughs> because he's going to be like, oh, is is um is Green Lantern how Jordan Green Lantern in in uh, Batman v Superman? No, ah, is he in Justice League Part One? No, ah. <laughs> and then he's going to be committed. <laughs> yeah, then I'll get him out of there when the movie comes out. <laughs> Unless there's no Hal Jordan, I'll just leave him in there. <laughs> no, he he he's going to be cat- catatonic from. When Batman v Superman comes out, until he sees Hal Jordan on the screen, like, <laughs> you're gonna go to a mental institution. You're gonna be like, "Hey, um, what's your brother's name?" Justin. Justin. Guess what? Hal Jordan is Green Lantern in X movie, whatever it is. And then he'll finally be like, "Okay, I'm at peace now." <laughs> and then he'll just walk out and go see the movie. Then it all has a happy ending. But it's up to yeah. your brothers. <laughs> <laughs> your brother's fate is in Warner Brothers' hands. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're all excited here at uh, on this podcast. So and apparently some of our Twitter followers too are excited for it too. So yep. So glad to know. Go... I was gonna say glad to know the negativity isn't uh, coming from our end anyway. <laughs> Rocky well, we we got all, all of our negativity out on the New Fifty Two yeah, earlier well, in the podcast. Yeah, I should say the DC movie, <laughs> DC movies were the positives, <laughs> the positive vibes are coming from us. <laughs> yeah. So with that, we can move on to our conversation with Alex slash listener feedback. Um, sorry, I'm just looking for Alex's email. There it is. Um, so Alex says, hey, Timmy Time and the Batfan Revolution. Awesome episode. I hope you guys haven't had too much trouble with snow. <laughs> no. no. We, haven't. <laughs> we haven't. We have um, been having trouble with uh, the bog, the, the smoke from the volcano or when the lava hits the water. We're having trouble with too much sunshine. We need rain over here in California. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a drought. Yeah, I know. Seriously, it is. Didn't look too dry though when I was there, but <laughs> I don't know. Um, we got a lot of it in Michigan. After shoveling, I ended up with a mound of 14 feet. Jeez. Wait a sec. Do you guys get snow? You don't know what you're missing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> Slipping on ice, skidding on the road, hypothermia is great. <laughs> I'm sure it is. <laughs> I'm jealous, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks for the heads up. On the Aquaman movie. I just looked up reviews and everyone seems seems to be on the same page with Tim's review. That's disappointing because Assault on Arkham was so good. What Aquaman movie? <laughs> How quickly we forget. The Justice League Throne of Atlantis movie. Oh, Throne of Atlantis. <laughs> uh, was so right. good. You thought he probably yeah. saw a sneak preview of Jason Momoa's Aquaman movie, huh? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, here's hoping the next movie is better. I have seen the trailer for Batman vs. Robin, and it looked great. The only thing I'm concerned about is the kids. 
wasn't the purpose of Robin to give children someone to aspire to and a way to connect to Batman? If Batman is always beating or fighting his Robins, how is that going to influence kids? Beat me like Batman beats Robin. Uh, Daddy. No, wait. Better yet, ha- have your way with my girlfriend like Batman did with Batgirl, Daddy. Oh, I was to go there. If a man is still calling his father Daddy by that age, there might be something wrong with him already. <laughs> well, ha- have you read also Batman and Robin? Uh, Alex is that <laughs> Bruce treats. I was gonna say, does Dick call him Daddy? <laughs> no, no. Makes me eat rats, though. That I remember. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of parents, you're so right about managing your sleep schedule. See, thank you, Alex. Well, why am I the only one that thinks that? Because <laughs> you're the responsible one, Dane. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess so. I didn't even think of that. But now I realize realize how important of a lesson. That was. I'm going to call my parents to thank them. By the way, are the Jedi okay with that? Are you at least allowed to love your parents in the Jedi Order? Those heartless sons of... <laughs> well, technically, most Jedi <laughs> don't even know who their parents are. So they have no attachment yeah. to them. So that's not an issue. Which is and, kind of sad, though. <laughs> and the one Jedi that, that did know who, who his mother was and loved his mother a lot killed a lot of people. But at the same time, you got... It was only because the Jedi suppressed that within him and oh, to yeah. hold those feelings. And when he had Luke, who went against it, brought in through his love he had for his father, brought him back. So yeah, everything Jedi went wrong. <laughs> One more thing, Dane. You asked, you asked, what's the difference between the Japanese and English versions of Dragon Ball? Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> With the English dub, they hired people that never acted before. And they didn't even know how to translate the script, so they made stuff up. I don't like the English dub because it's like they, if they took Batman the Animated Series and instead of Kevin Conroy, we got Adam West and dialogue from the Super Friends. Yeah, but how do you know the translations are correct? Well, they put out DVDs. The DVDs that come out are translations from the Japanese. You switch it to the Japanese audio with Japanese subtitles, so it's supposed to be a pretty accurate translation. Yeah, but how do you know it's accurate? Well, <laughs> you just got to take it on their word, at least, and say that it is accurate. Because I, mean, I know they did hire someone who knew Japanese and who like, was familiar with the series, who was a Dragon Ball fan, to do the subtitles. So yeah, that's as far as I can go, as far as that. Okay, well, he gives us an example. Yeah. The scene, Lord Frieza? Yes, that's pronounced right. Oh, oh see, I got it. <laughs> I know Dragon Ball Z. Or Dragon Ball, or whatever. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. A little bit. Uh, is a genocidal kingpin who just murdered everyone on the planet, along with Son Goku's best friend. Son Goku is how you pronounce it. In Japanese, anyway. Uh, English is just Goku. Okay, so it's just... That's not confusing. <laughs> the, the anger causes Goku to explode into a fit of rage, filling a thousand-year-old prophecy of the Super Saiyan legend. The conversation starts after Frieza's failed attempts to kill Goku. Here's the original Japanese. You can destroy a planet, but you can't destroy a single man. What the bleep are you? As you surely are, and then Son Goku says... Are you surely 
as you surely are well aware, I am the Saiyan who came from Earth to destroy you. Despite my calm, quiet heart, I am the legendary warrior awakened by intense anger. Okay, I got that. He screams, I am the Super Saiyan Son Goku. Now the English dub. Goku, you can destroy planets, but you can't destroy what I am, friend. <laughs> Frieza, in the voice of an old lady, what are you? <laughs> Dave, let me do this line for Goku, because I've seen this billions of times. Okay. This is okay. how he delivers it. I am the hope of the universe. I am the answer to all living things that cry out in peace. I am a protector of the innocent. The light and the darkness. I am truth. Allied to good. Nightmare you. Yeah, he says <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, he gets his point across in both, so. Okay. Here's the thing with the English dub. I actually really like the English dub because that was my first exposure to Dragon Ball Z and with those voices. Now, granted, when these... Because it's a long story that this new English dub took over from an old English dub and it didn't start out very well. I will grant Alex, yes, those first few early episodes of the Frieza saga was pretty rough. <laughs> that voice acting was not that great. And the dialogue was pretty bad. <laughs> it's hard to deny that. But as the English dub went on throughout the course of the... I would say by the start of the Android saga, the voice acting, I think I really liked all the characters' voice actors for the most part. I mean... Uh, I thought Vegeta's voice actor was good. Chris Sabat, uh, Goku was really good. Sean Chamel and Gohan's uh, voice actors was really good. But um, the dialogue too, it got better as the series went on, but there is still some cheesy, corny dialogue in there that's not in the Japanese version. The Japanese dialogue and story is the superior version. There's no denying that. I'll give Alex that. But the English dub, I do not think it's as bad as you say it is, especially as the series went on. Early on, yeah, I could agree with it, but... It's one of those things as it's what I'm used to the most. That's the one I prefer. So I can see his point at the same time. I don't think it's as horrible as he says it is, but I could totally respect that he only likes the Japanese one because it is the superior version. Yes. But I don't know. Was that last line I delivered really cheesy to you, Dane? (laughs) Yeah, it sounded cheesy. (laughs) And you guys are nerds. (laughs) Yes, we are. Uh, Well, as always, Alex has questions. His first question is, why is the Joker so appealing to you? Well, for me, it's pretty simple. I mean, he is he's just pure evil, in my opinion, <laughs> where you can't get more diabolical evil than that. There's no redeemable factor in him that just makes him so great. And now he's the opposite of Batman in that way. But at the same time, too, he's a clown. He's supposed to be like a fun <laughs> character or fun. Yeah, fun character who and happy all the time to bring a smile to your face and to twist that into some evil this makes them more fascinating and i just like the idea of like batman when he was first created and the joker was first introduced you don't necessarily think a clown and a bat would be like mortal enemies with each other but they work perfectly it worked out so good so i mean this and then the course of the stories we've gotten over the years just so much good stuff with them just physical harm he does to Batman and his characters, the mental harm that he does, the way he fights Batman, like, psychologically. There's so many layers to him that makes him, like, the most evil threat there is. So, yeah, that's why he's all, he'll always be the number one villain out of everything to me. Yeah, and I'll, I'll agree with you to, um, to not create more questions. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> like, angry, <laughs> angry, <laughs> angry people. Do you want to talk more about the killing joke, Dane? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, real quick, or did you catch up with Gotham this last episode? 
yet? No, I didn't. Okay. The one where I, start the Joker storyline. <laughs> I've, uh, I've uh, kind of lost my enthusiasm for that show. Oh, really? What was the last one you saw? Uh, which one was it? Um, the one... Uh, Falcone is it Falcone or Maroni? Falcone kills his um girlfriend. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think it's so. What the whole thing with Penguin and the mob stuff, that stuff's been really cool to me anyway. And the only thing Bruce hasn't been in it lately, I've kind of missed Cena in there, but he's in the last two episodes. And the one I think they did a great job with the Scarecrow. Well, with his doing his origin story, I think that's probably the best one they've done so far. So you probably check those ones out, but in regards to this Joker one, I will say this: the actor they got, this young kid they got doing the Joker, did a really good job. I mean, if he is in fact going to be a young Joker, he's like the right actor to do it for a TV show. But at the same time, it's like they not they necessarily shouldn't be doing this already, <laughs> making him act like the Joker at this young age. So it's kind of like a 50-50 thing. I mean, they did a good job portraying it, but it's not necessarily something they should be portraying right now so uh, I, i'm really curious to hear whoever's seen it this new two day one hopefully you don't give up on the show you'll still continue for the first season yeah yeah I'm not, I'm not giving up i'm okay. not giving up or anything it's just it's kind of running a bit thin yeah i can <laughs> see that yeah but yeah i, I totally want to hear your opinion on the stone joker thing <laughs> i don't know i think they just introduced him introduced him a little way too early oh, totally yeah i mean uh, I was talking about this uh, like a few days ago. Like we were questioning if he'd ever be brought into the series, let alone <laughs> the first season. So I was like, uh, okay, I sure the ratings haven't been great. So probably something they felt they had to do to try to get more uh, viewers onto the show. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the second question is, how do you feel about fantasy in the Batman universe? When Tim reviewed the last issue of Batman, I was completely flabbergasted by the Joker reveal. Entertaining the notion that the Joker is immortal is like Snyder teasing that Batman is Gorilla Grodd's mother. <laughs> the whole appeal of the Joker for me was that he was just a normal guy who was sick of the hypocrisy of objective morality and became an anarchist. So I'm just really curious about what your thoughts are. Yeah, for me, regarding the whole batman endgame thing i think what makes it so great is that you don't know if that's the truth about what joker's saying about his origin or he's not necessarily saying it but that's the thing when this whole plot point got out everyone's saying oh joker's new origin story like how could they do this how could they give him backstory and make him someone who's immortal it's like don't you know what joker does all the time to batman he makes up lies (laughs) he throws them off he has these different scenarios and the way I right now I'm viewing it that that's what this is right now. I mean, we'll see when it's all said and done. If this is in fact Joker's new origin, if he is someone who's immortal, then I'm gonna have to rethink the whole thing whether if it's really good or not. Because I agree with Alex, kind of what Joker, the best Joker is for someone who's just like, you know, because of Batman he came into his existence and just like wants to prove a point to Batman and all that type of stuff like we saw on the Dark Knight and other origin stories with the Joker. So. That is my preferred version of him, but at the same time, uh, since I've been enjoying Endgame so much, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt when it's all said and done to make my final like opinion on it to whether it's something that'll work or not. But yeah, as far as fantasy in the Batman universe, I don't mind it. It depends on what character you're using. So 
that's why this thing of the Joker is so interesting because he's not a character that you would normally associate with that. But um, yeah, I don't mind the certain fantasy elements in the Batman world or like the sci-fi stuff if he goes into space and goes to different planets and all that. So I, I think it's a character. I mean, there's our fans who hate that and just want him like, you know, in Gotham City uh, doing his thing there, how to be more kind of like the Nolan movies where it's like he's in the city. It's more grounded in reality, more like organized crime against like big super villain, like power threat. So, uh, but I think when it's told right, like in the justice league animated series and certain other justice league comic stories that it, it works fine. So I'm, I'm good for both. <laughs> yeah. For me, if it's, if it's done right, then yes. Kind of like how you said to him. I mean, those examples, um, but if you're talking about Joker being in, in, immor- immortal, then no. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just weird. It's like, it doesn't, it, it wouldn't fit in the Batman universe. That's why I liked, um, you know, the um, the Nolan trilogy, how, how they played off that is Razago immortal, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh no, he, he just switches the guy, you know? Yeah. He just switches places. He becomes Henry Card, and you know, Razo is an Asian guy. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the Joker thing. I mean, if it does end up being that's his definitive origin, you could just be that thing where it's another New Fifty Two thing that we don't like. <laughs> it just adds to more of why they should go back to the old continuity. But right now, I'm still on the wait and see approach. Or how about like the Joker is immortal. Um, but it's like, hmm, let me see. It's kind of like Shamu. <laughs> <laughs> Still got San Diego yeah. on your mind. <laughs> yeah. Where it's kind of like, that's not the same whale as the one that first was called Shamu. Right? Mm, okay. Because that whale was dead. It was long dead. So a new whale took over and then a new whale took over and then a new whale took over. Kind of like that. So like more of a um, mantle, I guess. Yeah, yeah, not really a mantle, but just like a somebody has to be a crazy anarchist person, not necessarily have the green makeup. I mean the the you know the red lips and the makeup and the green hair and stuff like that, but um, just embody the ideas of Joker throughout history instead of you know Joker is this immortal being, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I got you. That's kind of a way they could do it, too, because they have hinted yeah. at that. Like, the person they're saying is the Joker who has existed all this time. Yeah, it could be something that you're doing. So, Or or, or kind of like if, you know, Joker as we know him, as Scott Snyder writes him, dies, but somebody else takes that place. Not necessarily named the Joker, not with the makeup, um, not with the same old gags that Joker does, but kind of has the spirit of the Joker, you know, mm-hmm. that'd be interesting if they go that route, because like you could say, like, you'll get upset. Oh, they killed the original Joker. But then someone else comes up with like him. Like you since the Joker doesn't have like a secret, like a real identity or definitive like backstory to him. It can be something that might work or you won't necessarily have that if this new version of the Joker is as like deadly and crazy and uh, like psychotic as the original one. So that that is an interesting way to do it, too. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how Snyder's going to wrap up Endgame, because he did say it was going to have like a definitive ending where most of the questions will be answered and explained. He won't, left too mu- won't leave too much hanging in the air where we're going to have more questions when it's over. So I really can't wait to see how it's going to end. I think 
the only two issues left. So, yeah, I'm super excited for it. What if everybody dies? <laughs> That's well, you got that convergence storyline coming up in the relaunch, so <laughs> anything's possible. Um, yeah. So thank you, Alex, for um for your email as always. You know, we always like reading your emails and your que- and answering your impossibly impossible to answer questions. Yeah. Um, and now we got Dragon Ball debates we can go off of too, so that should be fun. <laughs> so thank you, Alex. We always appreciate it, and we love you, man. Right, Tim? Always. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now we have Zodiac. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think there's no going back on that on that name now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have the Zodiac Killer here. Um, he says, "Hi, bad fans." Who can't remember Heath Ledger was Australian? <laughs> uh, that was so bad. We're, yeah, we're that was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> we apologize again. <laughs> yeah. I think we need to hand in our Batman card. Yeah, well, at least get it suspended for a week or two. <laughs> yeah, we got to sit on the bench, the podcast bench. Yeah. <laughs> um, great show once again, and thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed your review on Justice League Throne of Atlantis. I was a bit surprised by Tim's lack of enthusiasm for this one as I thought it was quite enjoyable and a good follow-on for more. I was surprised by the amount of hate for when it came out and was expecting bad reviews for this one. I liked how they did they, they didn't force Aquaman into the into the first one and dedicated the sequel to him but in doing so it really put all the other characters on the back burner. I wonder if they're going to do each movie focusing on specific character stories to give them more screen time. I think they need to expand the movie time from seven, from 75 minutes to closer to 90 minutes to give more time for story. <laughs> that makes me laugh. Well, I actually totally you know what? that. <laughs> that needs to happen. No, no, no. This has nothing to do with anything Batman or Mike's email. Oh, okay. or <laughs> I, um... Uh, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend and I rented the movie Eat Catfish. Have okay. you ever? No, the, it's not ringing a bell to me. Well, well, they have the show on MTV. It's like people that meet people online and then, you know, fall in love with them and then they go and meet the person and it always ends up not being the person, right? Okay. Well, I know that now, but uh, I went into. I mean, <laughs> we rented that movie Catfish and. Um, at the beginning of it, I mean, I didn't know it was a documentary. I thought it was like a one of those found footage movies, like a found footage okay. horror movie. So like, like an hour into the movie, I'm wondering like, okay, so when's the scary part gonna come? Like, okay, he falls in love with the girl and then, you know, goes to her house. So is she part of like part of like a demon thing, or is there a monster in the woods or something? Like, what's going on? And then. It was only at the end of the movie that I realized that it it's not a horror movie, it's a documentary and it's I wasted my time. <laughs> so you're saying you wish that was just 75 minutes or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cuz I think that movie was 90 minutes or something. But, man, I'm never going to make that mistake again. <laughs> so also, also like, with the movie uh oh go ahead. I was like the title Catfish would <laughs> No, I, th- I I thought it was like a found footage horror movie, like about like a demon worshiping kind of thing, and Catfish you know they're gonna, monster. yeah, yeah, they're gonna resurrect like a ancient monster or something. <laughs> oh man, 
But it also happened to me with um, the movie uh, Moonlight Mile. It's about like some guy's girlfriend that died. I okay. wish I knew that before, because um, I begged my parents to see that because I thought it was based on uh, the the Rolling Stone song. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I thought it was like a documentary or something. Or, Can you ask for, like some Rolling Stone concert video or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like like every time. I mean, once in a while. I'll go up to, to my dad and be like, Dad, you remember the time I uh, begged you guys to go see Moonlight Mile? And it's like a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't that man. Like, how old were you during that time? I, I, I was like nine. <laughs> that movie came out, I think. Like, man, my boy really wants to be a romantic. <laughs> yeah. There's something really wrong with him. <laughs> yeah, so that, that was bad. But... <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up, but um, I had the things that retrigger old memories. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he says uh, it was odd that they had the Nightwing Robin scene in the Blu-ray extras, but cut it from the movie. From the movie, as would have tied up the Batman mini story as it was intended. It was only forty-five seconds. Do you know why they restrict these movies to seventy-five minutes? I sure do. Money. Things like the. <laughs> that's why it really is their budget things like the Clark Diana date was good but then after throwing in Lois throwing in Lois to the sir to serve the pot, that pot the pot that oh my god Mike <laughs> <laughs> to stir the pot that storyline disappeared which was disappointing but I think the amount of Batman was right because you don't need him in every scene if he is getting his own movies once again Green Lantern and, and Flash or fun to fun to watch and hopefully they give these guys a story together but Shazam was a bit of a douche. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like Rob Rob Lowe's version in Young Justice where he had a child's innocence about him. But this one he comes to he comes off like a stereotypical teenager. Where is the wisdom of Solomon or did that get taken out of canon since the new 52? <laughs> That sounds like I didn't like it, but I really enjoyed this one. Do you guys like that they're oh, okay, <laughs> Mike? <laughs> do you guys like that they're pulling straight from the DC New Fifty Two Justice League book and get straight to Forever Evil, or would you rather they throw in stories from other s- titles like Super Superman, Wonder Woman, or Green Lantern? Yeah, I said before I like how. They're taking some New 52 stories and adapting them. I just uh, hope they do the stories I want to see. <laughs> like, 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 Forever Evil would be awesome. And hopefully they lead towards that with kind of how the end credit scene ended with uh, had a little cameo from Luthor. So hopefully it leads up to that. But yeah, just pick and choose from not just Batman and Justice League would be nice. Like you mentioned, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Superman. Well, maybe not New 52 Superman titles because those have a bit good. But Wonder Woman or Green Lantern would be great to see. Still waiting for a Sinestro Core movie. But before we get to new 52 Green Lantern stories, let's get Sinestro Core and maybe Blackest Night. Because those need to be done first. Because those are awesome stories. That would make right. amazing animated movies, I think. Yeah. Just another thing my brother complains about, too. Sinestro Core <laughs> animated movie. <laughs> as of this writing, they... As of this writing, they just released the trailer for Batman Unlimited movie. And I thought it looked good. I think the costumes are in there for product placement. And being a direct, being a directed, being directed at kids movie, 
oh my god, like, and made for toys, it was going to happen. But if they can give a decent explanation to to use the suits, then I'm not going to get hung up on it. Giving Red Robin and Nightwing scene time and going with the more traditional Green Arrow is very cool. It sounds like they're pulling previous actors to reprise roles like Roger Craig Smith as Batman. And was that the guy who voiced Alfred in the Batman? And the Green Arrow actor from Justice League Unlimited? Anyway, I'm keeping an open mind on this one. As for Gotham, I do agree that they're overdoing the character list. What happened to Montoya? And Alan. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dumping Barbara is good because that character was a waste of scene time, and I think they can forget Ivy Pepper as uh, well. Oh, <laughs> he's probably seen the latest two episodes where she's back and more pointless than ever. <laughs> yeah. As well as that, um, that's as well as that was a stupid character placement. I like that they're doing. I like what they are doing with Penguin, Riddler, and Bullock, but Jim Gordon still feels wrong to me. Too much of a Batman vibe. He can be against corruption and stuff, but act like a human, not a superhero. I think it's pretty obvious that they're going to push for a Joker by next season, which <laughs> I am not keen on. But what could? But oh my God, Mike! But what would you guys think <laughs> that if they had that if they had to do? It, they have him be a guy called Jack Napier, who is a gangster, heavy assassin, like he was in the mask of the Phantasm flashbacks. They could do that. Don't call him Jack Napier. Just have some guy who maybe looks like him, but they don't reference it at all. And then you don't find out till later that that's the Joker. That would be my preferred way. But you know they're gonna want like have signs that point to him to point to the audience saying this is the Joker. Look, it's the Joker. <laughs> So I don't see that happening, especially after this last episode. Yeah. So with the rumor that Batman is going to be in Suicide Squad, I hope that he is only a bit part and also hope that he doesn't become the Samuel Jackson slash Nick Fury of the DC universe. Because that, <laughs> that makes a word patch. Yeah. Because <laughs> that gets lame after, lame after a while. Also, I prefer that they aren't going for the Dark Knight Returns version of Joker where he's catatonic until Batman comes into it i want this joker to be funny but psycho like a dark version of the animated series also on rumors what is your stance on spoilers are you okay with it or do you stay away from from it as much as possible i try to avoid it but it's hard with the clickbait mentality of websites but i like how directors like jj abrams and Zack snyder are trying to release only what they want you to see Oh yeah, spoilers are a big issue. More so with Star Wars now than Batman v Superman. <laughs> My thing is, I don't mind knowing certain details, like what how this character is and like how they are going to be in this movie, like how we're t- we talk about with Luke, how what's his status in The Force Awakens. But well, I don't mind hearing that. I don't want to know like specific like scene like descriptions, like what happens here or. If there's a fight sequence, how does this fight play out? Who, What happens during this fight? Who wins? Who loses? And this, that type of detailed stuff I want to say for the movie. But as far as like general synopsis and general like ideas of what characters are doing and maybe stuff that happens to them, I don't mind. So that's kind of my stance on it. It starts when we get like closer to film release and more stuff comes out maybe from people who've seen it or read the script and they're saying, okay, this is how this exactly plays out. This is how the movie starts. This is how it's paced. This is where this scene happens. This is where this scene happens. That's the stuff I like to stay away from. 
All right. So with that, he goes on to say, you guys asked about Australian bands and actors. So here goes. The Living End still tour, but only when it suits them. And I'm not sure how often they release CDs. They used to release CDs like two or three years um, the most, but now it's been four years since their last one. I'm getting impatient because I want a new one. (laughs) I did see them last year at a festival, and they still had a lot of energy and played a lot of their hits. They seem to be a more local ACDC, if you get what I mean. If they're playing, you know... If they're playing, you know the songs. If they're playing, you know the songs, even if you're not a big fan. Silverchair don't really do much these days, as the lead singer has gone out gone more into the pop side of uh, the music business, and the other guys weren't interested in that. Yeah, which stinks. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, that is what the main music is over here, as the music stations and record labels don't bother with things that aren't that aren't things like Australian Idol winner. Winners. Well, there's an Australian Idol. <laughs> uh, most of our exports are things like Sia, Gautier, Gautier. Uh, <laughs> I've seen that name, but I can't pronounce. I don't think I've heard that band. What song pronounced. does he sing? I don't know. <laughs> like I just see that name, like on, like, like the music oh, station oh, on that, the that, website. Oh, uh, somebody that you used to know. Okay, if you say so. <laughs> somebody like some somebody that. I used to know or something. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Five seconds of summer and uh, that. The what bugs me about I don't even like calling them the word band. That five seconds of summer. These like these like these uh, teenage like teeny bopper oh. guys, and then you see them wear like Nirvana shirts and Nirvana like patches on like their <laughs> jackets or straps or something. And then they have these terrible pop. Like uh, songs that just irritates me. Like you try to think Nirvana's your influence, then you sound nothing like it. Like total opposite of what <laughs> the music that Nirvana did. It, it sounds awful. Like uh, that irks me to death. Create such crappy music when you you say you're a fan of one of the greatest bands of all time. It just irks me. Ugh. So that's not the band that jared leto is in right no so, that's 30 seconds what? to mars yeah yeah 30 seconds to mars i was like launch to mars i don't know the word mars is for <laughs> someone like um okay yeah and iggy azalea more band type music exports are self-promoted like john butler trio who is blues and roots type of music pete murray who does pub rock i guess you could say sort of like jack johnson but less surfy well, Jack Johnson's songs all sound the same. <laughs> they do. Yeah. Listen to them. It, right? <laughs> they sound exactly the same. Um, the Lesser FEN, Parkway Drive, who are heavy metalcore and not radio-friendly, but have a huge following. Uh, as for actors, Sam Neill is a New Zealander. Well, it's like I said, New Zealand is pretty much Australia, except it's colder. <laughs> but I think he got his trade in Australia. The Hemsworth brothers. Oh yeah, how could we? How could we forget that? I thought we said them, didn't we? Did did, did we? I think we might have. Well, a lot of you can't trust us if we didn't remember Heath Ledger yeah. until later. So. Yeah. Once Thor and the other the others claimed to fame is he dated Miley Cyrus. <laughs> Not so isn't much the, to play. <laughs> isn't the brother the one in Star Trek, or is that Chris Hemsworth? No, that was Chris Hemsworth in the beginning. Oh. I think his brother's in the Hunter Games. I think. Isn't I've he? never seen those movies. Neither have I, but I thought I'd yeah. seen his name there. So. Uh, Jeffrey Rush, 
big chunk of the Star Wars prequels were Australian. Yeah, just like um, God, what's her name? Uh, not uh, Kira Knightley, but the the handmaiden from the second movie. Okay, Corday. Yeah, Corday. Yeah, I don't know her real name. Only Star Wars name. <laughs> the one yeah. who died in the beginning, right? No, no, not her. Oh. The, you know when they go on the space bus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that one. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Uh, the, the one that just disappears in the second half yeah. of the movie. <laughs> um, uh, the girl robot in Transformers 2. <laughs> <laughs> and for the DC Universe, you have Margot Robbie. Wow, she's Australian? Yeah. Oh. Probably and, didn't say that either last episode. <laughs> yeah. Jai Courtney. Wow, he's Australian? Yeah, I knew that too. It's good to uh, playing Captain Boomerang. Yeah. Nicole Kidman. Uh, do we still do we have to incorporate her as part of the DC universe? Yeah. Chase Meridian character. <laughs> yeah, you do. And the guy who played Dagger in Dark Knight Rises. Wow, that guy's so strange. <laughs> you wouldn't know from Dark Knight Rises, that's for sure. I know. I thought he just had a lisp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and Carl Carl Urban is from New Zealand. But I wanted to mention him because he is a great actor and Dread needs to be made into the series as it is one of the best comic book movies to date. And if they could get a fraction of the money the Marvel and DC movies are getting, they could keep making great movies. There is a Dread sequel comic book, Mike, so you might want to read that. I heard it's not too good. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's nice. um, you can't get a sequel, but you get a comic, but the comic's not that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I I hear I heard, but I haven't read it. But um, yeah, you might want to read that. It's like all the characters from uh, the movie, and yes, Dread deserves its own series, and it was cool. Um, so with that, he Mike says, uh, "Oh, sorry, Zodiac says." Until next time, Zodiac. I mean Mike. <laughs> so even Mike's accepted his new name now. <laughs> yeah, he's Zodiac. Um, so yeah, th- thank you, Mike, for your email. We always enjoy reading your emails, especially when you, we learn more about Australia. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I essentially know nothing yeah, about Yeah, as we proved last episode, we know nothing. You <laughs> yeah. see, Australia, do, do they drive on the right side of the road? I mean, the, the opposite of America? That's a good question. I, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody everybody besides uh, America drives on the right side of the road. We're the only ones who are different and odd, I obviously. <laughs> yeah, but how do you make a right turn on red? <laughs> Maybe you can't. Yeah, yeah, because you would have to cut across traffic before you can... Or maybe there's a right, uh, a left turn on red. <laughs> that's the... Let's take, uh, or maybe Mike can give us a crash course in driving school in <laughs> Australia. <laughs> next email. Yeah, and are are the Australian cars? Um, first off, are, is, is their driver's seat on the right hand side, and is the gas pedal still on the right side? I gotta know that. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to know, or, or else yeah. otherwise. You just won't be able to live with yourself. <laughs> and it'd be good to know in case you ever take a trip to Australia. <laughs> yeah. Let me see. Are there any other Australia questions? 
Oh, I got mine answered from last week about some of the band, so I think I'm good for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not too concerned about the bands or the actors. I'm just random questions. The more mundane, everyday things. <laughs> yeah. That's different from our lives over here. Oh, when you guys flush your toilets, does it go the opposite <laughs> way? Well, you can learn that by watching an episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. That was a question about dingoes or something. <laughs> Who who's the president of or prime minister of Australia? That's a good one. Okay. Yeah, I think we'll end things there because I don't <laughs> want Mike to um, have too much to type. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So um. Yeah. Thank you, Mike, for sending in your emails. We always like reading them, and we love you, right, Tim? Yes, we do. Just like right, Alex, so, as always. <laughs> so why don't you read Corvin's email? Yeah, Corbin's switching things up this time. He says, uh, taking a break on the story. He'll send one next time. He goes, I agree with you guys' thoughts on ruin... Ah. <laughs> See, I've heard too much of your reading, Dana. I'm getting tongue-tied, too. <laughs> I agree with you, your guys' thoughts on running set... I think something got cut off here. <laughs> Ruining set for my iPhone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something had to get cut off there. Okay, he agreed with us on something, but since he sent it from his iPhone, I guess I got cut off. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just get to the next paragraph Alex brought up how he didn't like the crazy comic book science elements that are so often used but that stuff doesn't bother me at all how do all the X-Men have differing powers eh, I don't really care I'm more concerned with what's happening in the story it's all just fiction and most of it won't really make sense what is important is is it believable do I buy it at the moment a good writer will do that but I totally get that certain types of characters aren't for everybody but I'm loving what Marvel is doing right now, especially with their movies. Taco Bell's Twitter account is awesome, and I don't consider them Mexican food. It's thank pure, you, Alex. What is it? I mean, uh, th- thank you, Corbin. <laughs> thank you, Corbin. Because I'm trying to get, I'm trying to convince Tim to follow the Taco Bell Twitter account. Uh, you know what? Maybe I will, just for the heck of it. <laughs> what They're harm funny. can it do? They're funny, you yeah. know. <laughs> Okay, after the show, I will follow the Taco Bell Twitter account. <laughs> okay, I will check. Okay. <laughs> and then you can send me a message or tweet me saying, how come I'm not following Taco Bell? <laughs> yeah. Okay, besides Taco Bell being, uh, having an awesome Twitter account, he says, I don't care if Outback is a fake Australian restaurant. They have really good steaks for a good, a pretty good price. And the Blooming Onion is incredible. Thank you, Corbin. I almost called you Alex again. <laughs> Thank you, Corbin. Yeah. I, Corbin, I love you, man. Yeah, because it's so rare when you two agree on something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Taco Bell, Outback, yeah, great steaks for a pretty good price. I mean, you know, it, it is a little pricey, but it's not, you know, like a steakhouse kind of price. Um, and yes, the Blooming Onion is awesome, even though it's not Australian. And As Michael probably hates me. Yeah, <laughs> it's it. It's, it it's kind of like me and the Hawaiian pizza. It's like I, I don't eat it. I never eat it. It's disgusting. Nobody puts pineapple on a pizza. It's disgusting. Yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> yeah. Nobody puts ham on a pizza. It's like a pizza like the Ninja Turtles was ordering. You know, all those weird stuff on it. <laughs> like yeah. jelly beans or ice cream. That's what yeah. Hawaiian pizza seems like. <laughs> it's it, it's kind of like... Pizza Hut or Papa John's or Domino's was like, you know what? 
we we gotta find something for this Hawaiian pizza. Um, you know, let's just get everything that's on our cutting board right now and just put it on. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Little Caesar's new pizza? Where it's actually it's a deep dish pizza, but all the crust is like, covered in three layers of bacon. So it's pretty oh. much the crust is all bacon. <laughs> It's one of those things where it sounds really good, but I know I'll regret eating it. Yeah. <laughs> or I I seen a um uh what did I see? Oh, a ramen burger. Okay. <laughs> it's like a a hamburger, a cheeseburger with a with ramen oh, in it. And I seen a pancake burger. Pancake burger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could actually see that in a weird way. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those are all foods that, you know, sound kind of good, but you know you'll, re- you'll regret it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of those type of foods, you go and say, I don't ever go to KFC, but I might have to go there and eat that hot dog thing in the name of all bad bad. <laughs> yeah, so you must do that, Roars Corbett, and please take a picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, please take a picture and tell us, email us or, you know, fa- not Facebook. Tweet it out. It goes on that. Yeah. Tweet tweet at us um, what your experience was, because <laughs> um, KFC. I, I don't know about in uh, California. I didn't really see a KFC, but uh, down here the KFCs are closing down, and it's harder and harder to find KFCs. Uh-huh. Just like Arby's, like we don't have Arby's on the island anymore because they've all closed down. So it's a shame. I like Arby's. For, yeah, exactly. So the first thing I did was go to Arby's. <laughs> Did you go there in San Diego? Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I actually uh, typed it into uh, the Maps app on my iPhone and went there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hopefully it's as good as you remembered it. Yeah, it is. It's even better. It's like, <laughs> and, and their curly fries, they're they're kind of like uh, KFC curly fries. I mean, not KFC, uh, Jack in the Box's curly fries, Yeah. but 10 times better. Yeah, I was going to say they're better. <laughs> yeah. It's more crispy, tastes better, you know. It's just better. <laughs> it's just better. <laughs> All right, then Corbin has this question saying, who is your favorite supporting character in the Batman universe? And what story was it that made you love that character? It has to be a character in a supporting role in the comic. Supporting characters who have their own title don't count. All right, you go first, Dane. Who's your favorite supporting Batman character? Uh-oh. <laughs> um... <sighs> Tim, <laughs> I hate you. Tim. That's what happens when I read the emails. I ask you the questions first. When you read, uh, you ask me the questions first. <laughs> Alfred, <laughs> he does have his own comic book. Can uh, I? Okay, I'll go first. If you come up with yeah. anything afterwards, go ahead. Yeah, you go. I might cheat a little bit here because the character is from the comics, but not necessarily a big role in the New Fifty Two right now. But past stories is Leslie Tompkins. You, you've heard me say how much oh, I love the character, how much I was kind of torn out of portrayal of Gotham and the reason why for that, so I won't go into that all over again, but the thing where I might have to cheat a little bit here was that the story that made me like the character wasn't from the comics, it was from the animated series episode, Appointment in Crime Alley, where it really established how she was there for Bruce right at the beginning when his parents were killed and became that mother figure to him, so I've always have she's always been up there as one of my favorite supporting characters, and grossly underused <laughs> in other mediums so at least she's there in name somewhat in gotham but <laughs> just not quite the leslie i've expected so she'd be my pick 
So was that enough time for you, Dane, yeah. to think of someone? <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, Bullock. Ah, that's a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, this past one that, that we had with him where he falls in love with the psychiatrist? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just made me feel bad for the guy. It's like, oh man, it's, it's kind of like a friend that just got dumped by his girlfriend. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh man, <laughs> kind of feel bad about him uh, for him. But, yeah, uh, that'd be really cool if they do a episode of Gotham and something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the beginning of Nightfall. To me, that's the most memorable part. Him eating that pizza. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, that's, that's the first comic story I read with him after seeing him first in the animated series. <laughs> yeah, that was a good first uh, debut in the comics for me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Bullock. Okay. Good choices. And then Corbin wraps up his, with a good question: What is your favorite food item at Taco Bell? Mine is the cheesy gordita crunch. I'm hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This is probably gonna sound really, really lame. But I oh. usually just stick with the plain old taco. <laughs> oh, okay. Tacos Good. and cinnamon twists. Sometimes I branch out and get uh, a gordita, yeah, but it's usually just plain old crunchy tacos. Sometimes soft, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah for me, it's the same thing. <laughs> like, Both honestly, ways. I just get the, uh, the the 12 taco pack, and I I just do half crunchy, half soft. And I just eat that with um, uh, the uh, cinnamon twists, or as uh, Conan O'Brien likes to call them, cinnamon DNA. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, that is so accurate. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh, well, did you see that segment where they go to talk yeah, about Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> hey, remember, he, he's like introducing the cook lady, and then the, the host lady, like, crunches into the the, um, the cinnamon twist yeah and it's like it's really loud <laughs> i can't believe they have like the people's job just to be like to rate the new food they're testing there is like the oh, different I, do that. Um, yeah. I do that in a second i quit my job yeah so uh yeah just uh, the 12 taco pack uh half crunchy half soft and uh just the cinnamon twists. Yep. Also, if I'm feeling like I want to eat something different, I get anything, any of the uh, tacos with uh, steak in it. I've never tried that, but... Yeah, hurt. it's good. I mean, it sounds good. I just don't know. I never tried it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I stay away from everything that has Mexican rice in it. I didn't I hate, to get anything like that there either. Yeah, I, I hate Mexican rice and beans. I, I like, like Mexican beans. rice, but it depends on where it's from. <laughs> really? You like Mexican rice? Mm, yeah. That's disgusting. It's like weird smelling rice. <laughs> no, it's good. Yeah. Like, can't be good, can't be bad. Because my mom makes, like, really, sometimes really good rice, Spanish, Mexican rice, and sometimes it does not come out good at all. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we got all our Taco Bell favorite menu items out of the way. (laughs) He goes, also, sorry about all the Sharknado treats, but maybe you can relate it to Jaws in some way. (laughs) He says, if you guys ever feel like you aren't loved, know that I love you guys. Well, thanks, Corbin. It's nice to be on the receiving end of that exchange for a change. (laughs) says it. (laughs) That's all the listeners, so it's appreciated. I say it constantly and all the time. Yeah. (laughs) So Um, it's nice to hear it from the other end. (laughs) All right, so... um... Corbin 
has a really good idea. He says, you guys really need something similar to Marvel Unlimited. I'd buy that in a heartbeat. Just ask Marvel. I agree. I mean, he's talking yeah. to DC about that, of course. He <laughs> yeah. didn't uh, give a proper intro, intro, though. That was tweets from Corbin. Oh, yeah, yeah. T- <laughs> tweets from Corbin. Uh, thanks, Corbin, for sending in your emails. We always like reading them. And we love you back. Back to you. or <laughs> However, it's cool to say that way. Um, I'm reading Dark Knight Returns for the first time right now. Been saving it for a special occasion, like a snow day, or like the day that you die. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I uh, that last part. No, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, fear is the sauce on the steak of life. <laughs> you know what? That makes a lot of sense. It does. Maybe we should call this uh, Tweets of Wisdom from Corbin. <laughs> Yeah. The difference between Taco Bell and your opinion is that I asked for Taco Bell. <laughs> That's a good one. I feel dumb when I read Catwoman nowadays. It's too smart for me, again. <laughs> well, it's, it's coming a long way from Anisenti stuff, so <laughs> That's a good yeah. thing. Uh, well, that was intense. That's the Super Bowl. Wow, why did the Seahawks not run, run that? It was in the bag, and they threw it away. Uh, those guys don't know how to hold their mics. They clearly aren't witnesses. <laughs> what? You know, he's probably talking about, I don't know the context of the tweets, <laughs> but during uh, when we have our meetings, yeah, there's like uh, question and answers from oh. there. So we have people holding the microphones and brings them to like, yeah. everyone in the audience. So I don't know if he's referring to that <laughs> or just like a regular stage mic or something. Oh, I, I was thinking about like witnesses, like like somebody got murdered. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude just cut him out of cut himself out of a shark and pulled out a girl who died ten minutes earlier. <laughs> the only way they could have been better is if one two. Oh, he pulled out her dead grandpa from her origin story. <laughs> You're kind of a Sharknado tweet. Yeah. So why don't you pick one, Tim? I actually don't have him handy right now. <laughs> oh, damn it, Tim. All I'm right, sorry, so yeah. last one. Last one, okay? Chainsaws, because simply moving out of the way is too easy. Yeah. Oh, you know plan B is happening because there's a plan B in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> you should um, maybe take up writing some fortune cookies or something, Corbin. <laughs> side note, those cars on top of buildings used for advertisement probably don't run. The liquor store is loaded. The perfect place. Wait, why did their truck just randomly explode? <laughs> Keep in mind, all of this is about all of this is happening to about five people in California. Everyone else is just driving around like it's a normal day. <laughs> Uh-oh, they showed the Hollywood sign. You know what that means. It's going down. In case of a tornado, stay away from windows. A shark might jump through it as soon as you look. <laughs> this chick is the most hardcore ever. She's like the Punisher in the Sharknado universe. Dude apparently started having kids when he was five. <laughs> And he really did do a lot of Sharknado tweets. Yeah, and finally, yes, he did say that he's going to have dreads and shirtless. And he says he called it on the last show. 
Yes. And there's sirens behind me, but just ignore that because <laughs> it's okay. Nothing's happening to me. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> That's all that matters. I mean, even if this something happened to you, I still have to continue on with the show <laughs> and wish you the best in the hospital. <laughs> I'm having a heart attack or a seizure or a stroke. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay, so on to our comic book reviews. Um, so yeah, that's it from Corbin, and um, we can move on to our comic book reviews. No, actually, so, we got a f- two more emails, actually. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to uh, intrude or interrupt. <laughs> Why don't you read those emails, Tim? Yeah, so we got emails from Mark, who sent us our feature topic suggestion a few episodes ago about uh, Batman beginner books, which ones are a good one to jump on. So he's don't hopefully... you mean Mark Lemke? The former uh, <laughs> Brave. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully joining into our new core group of emailers with Corbin, Alex, and uh, Mike. We haven't heard from Jake in a while, so maybe Mark can take the Jake's place as the fourth yeah. member. Unless Jake comes back, we can have five. The more, the merrier. <laughs> but he says, hey, I'm really glad people took my to- topic suggestion so well. It really helped me create a solid timeline in a Word document. Currently, I'm reading the Nightfall Trilogy. I took a look at No Man's Land at my NV Comics in Asheville, North Carolina, and the art by Jim Lee is so bleeping sick. <laughs> Gotta keep the email PG on this one. Can't wait to read this, that series. Anyways, thanks for the suggestions on the DC animated movies. Okay, well, I think Tim needs to watch Highlander and Dun- Duncan Mc... Uh, I don't know if I say that name, but Duncan McLeod <laughs> is the blank. <laughs> Sorry, Conrad lovers. Haters gonna hate. I will say, I don't, because I revealed to Mark that I did not ever see Highlander, like the movie or a TV series, <laughs> and kind of took my geek cred down a notch, apparently. I know a oh, lot no of way. people who really love that, too, but I've never seen it. This is one of those things I never got into. Yeah, and Highlander is kind of like the old, older version of Doctor Who, because everybody says Doctor that Doctor... Pr- Doctor... <laughs> I said Doctor Do. <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Who's pretty old, too, though. Yeah, well... Everybody seems to be, like, so into that show. And this is the greatest show that's ever been made in the history of television. And I haven't watched... I mean, I've tried to watch it on Netflix, but... I don't know. It's just too, like... I don't know what's the right word. I don't want to be offensive to people that might like Doctor Who. (laughs) There's a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. And they're really... Rabid fans. Their names are Whovians, I think is what their, <laughs> their oh, fan base name is. Yeah. Well, I don't want to piss off any Whovians. <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. It's just like, I I guess you somebody needs to tell you about it before, you know? Okay. Somebody needs to tell you that, like, like the whole how the whole universe works and stuff. And, yeah, because like, like I said, there's such a big history around it. It's kind of like, where yeah. do I jump on to? Like, yeah, it's kind of like Batman in that sense, where it's like, okay, where do I jump on? Exactly, yeah. yeah. Or what do I go back and read or whatever. But for me, like Doctor Who is kind of like a, um, uh, like math homework. <laughs> <laughs> Work you don't like, want to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the kind of it's the stuff that you save after. See, that you do after you do do all the easy stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, man. I will say the only thing I mean, I'm not even sure if this is accurate. I remember hearing about Highlander is that 
some of the characters like immortal, but the only way they can die is if their heads get chopped off. That's like one. So they're not immortal. Yeah, it's like they die just like every other human. No, but that's the only way they can die. Anything else won't affect them. So you can shoot them like seventy-five times, but not in the head. As long as they still have their head, I think. I mean, I might be wrong. I just remember hearing that somewhere. So. <laughs> Uh, or, or what if you? Hmm, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know if I'm way off, Mark, because <laughs> I might be totally wrong. You probably are. Yeah. Just like goes, me and Doctor Who. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, so he goes into the phone booth that nobody has ever used in the past 15 years. Yeah, like I said, that's something you know. The phone booth, like it's called the what, the TARDIS or something. Yeah, but, yeah, like the. Is it like a time travel device or something they travel? Using? Yeah, like, or does he go flying in that, like, into another reality? Or yeah, man, we're go, like, yeah, <laughs> like I said, we're making Doctor Who fans really mad right now. <laughs> I know, it's like they're typing away at that keyboard, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Mark was on to say, I was talking to the woman at the comic store, and she agreed a Highlander comic series is a must. How do other Bat fans listeners feel about this concept? Well, I'm sure those who are fans of it, unlike me and Dave, who almost know nothing about it, would probably be up for it. Or maybe a comic series would be a good introduction to the Highlander universe. So that could be something cool. He goes, also, sorry, I Dave. there's a Highlander podcast. Oh, there's got to be. I would think yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's a podcast for, like, knitting, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there one for knitting? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's tons of knitting and sewing and cross-stitching podcast wow do you yeah. listen to them? <laughs> no 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 uh, i've just seen him browsing through the podcast on um itunes okay <laughs> he goes also sorry dane didn't know outback is some horrible american restaurant experiment i think an authentic <laughs> australian story would be a place you walk into and is filled with all the creatures from australia that kill you <laughs> if you survive you get a prize like foster's beer and even though that's not an australian either it'd be funny if like there's like kangaroos as waiters or something. <laughs> it is... Well, every every animal in Australia kills you terribly, badly. I mean, there, there, there's no animal. I mean, there's no friendly like. What about a koala bear? Like, don't they drop drop down on your head? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they look Kill nice you? and friendly though. And like, can kangaroos can kill you, uh, kick you and kill yeah. you like a horse. I mean, there's no, like, dog, you know, well, in Australia. There's something else Mike can explain to us. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like every wild animal in Australia probably kill you. Yeah. Are there domestic animals in Australia? <laughs> yeah. If they're domestic, like a dog or a cat, it probably won't kill you. But if it's like a, I don't know, like you got one of those deadly snakes or something, <laughs> then, yeah, it's going to kill you. <laughs> And then he finishes up with, so with Arrow being so popular on the CW, I'm curious to why DC hasn't done more with Green Arrow. Perhaps they are, and I'm just clueless. Uh, not really. <laughs> Arrow really is a big thing, and they try to incorporate things from Arrow into the comics like Diggle, but other than that, yeah, they're not really branching him out anywhere else. I mean, I don't think he's going to show up in the movies, and it'd be cool if he got an animated movie. That'd be cool, but yeah, other than that, <laughs> no, you're not clueless, Mark. They're just Arrow in the comics, and that's it. Then he finishes this email by saying, P.S. Keanu Reeves is the blank. <laughs> Which, I don't think you agree with, Dane, huh? <laughs> well, I saw his new movie, John Wick. Uh, and think? that movie is pretty cool. It's really? pretty good. You I know. heard good things about it. Yeah, it's it's like a B movie, but it's it's done really well. 
it's like like Keanu Reeves is an ex assassin who he's just living by himself now with his uh, puppy, and his puppy is murdered, and he goes and kills the guys that murdered his puppy. You see, that's a story I can get behind. When someone does that to your pet, let alone a puppy, yeah, yeah. you want to see him get revenge. <laughs> the action is pretty good. Keanu, I never thought this, but Keanu Reeves makes a good action star. I didn't think that in the Matrix movies because um, he's not, he doesn't do all the cool stuff. But in John Wick, he really pulls it off. Yeah, cause I was going to say, is, wasn't he one of those actors that like, takes you out of the movies when you see him, like, He's just someone that you didn't like seeing in these type of movies. No, not really. I mean, I like a couple of his movies. I thought I remember you saying that. Where like he's, he's John like, Wick, um, A Scanner Darkly was pretty good. You can't forget Bill and uh, Ted's Excellent Adventure. No, I don't like those movies. Oh. <laughs> That's what made him a star. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's just kind of like one of those movies that it's like, oh, how did we get into this situation? That's what makes over it so over funny. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But... Yeah. Point Break. Point Break was good. <laughs> was it? I don't know. Okay. I haven't seen that movie in years. Speed. I like Speed. Yeah, Speed was cool. Yeah. Or as Homer um, likes to call it, the bus that could not slow down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Mark actually sent us another email. Oh, man. You just reminded me of how um, uh, Dennis Hopper died. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, his... He smashes his head into the exit sign or whatever. <laughs> See, I don't remember that either. Remember they're fighting on top of the train? I don't know how Keanu Reeves loses to an old man, but yeah, they're like fighting on top of the train. And I can't imagine the effects hold up that well for that movie. <laughs> it does. It really? does. I watched it recently. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it, it's mostly practical too. Oh, well, there you go. They do it practical. Not, not Dennis Hopper getting blasted into the thing but obviously yeah. <laughs> i was I, I i suspect speed 2 doesn't hold up that well though. <laughs> no no i went to go see that in the movie theater and speed without keanu reeves is slow <laughs> <laughs> i know because... the actor who played Django feds in there tim morrison really he might have been like the boat captain or something <laughs> no i don't remember him i just remember that you know the guy with the dreads he's in that movie too Okay. <laughs> you know the guy that like uh they got the black guy in the in the uh in the convertible? Okay, yeah. Yeah. He's in that too. At least they got someone else from the sequel instead of uh, just Sandra Bullock. <laughs> there I get it. Someone well else. They, they don't even need Sandra Bullock in the movie because like all she does is fall in love with the guy. It's like a new Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I think it's uh Jason Patrick. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> it's like all she does is fall in love with him. And then there's like this one scene where like Jason Patrick ties like you know those thick ropes that boats have that uh-huh. were to tie them to the dock. Mm-hmm. He ties that around his waist and then he goes underneath the boat to like see if there's a bomb. <laughs> and it's like there's no way you could do that. For one thing, the bo- the the weight of that of that rope would just drop you to the bottom and you wouldn't be able to swim back up. And there's no way you can get that close to a big propeller like that <laughs> because it, it, there's no way you can swim in that. But I don't know. Yeah. I kind of glad I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You dodged a bullet there, Tim. What was it? Speed two. There's like a subtitle to it. 
like cruise control or something like that. Wait, let me look it up. Let me look yeah, it up. It's, <laughs> some cheesy lie. It's just something we have to we have to know. I don't know why, but that cruise control like sticking out that that was it. Cruise control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was so cruise lame control. it had to be true. He's <laughs> got a three point seven out of ten on IMDb. <laughs> that good, huh? Yeah, uh oh Willem Dafoe yeah, Willem Dafoe is the bad guy. Yeah, and Tim Morrison is uh I don't know, this guy named Giuliano. <laughs> Not a good of his name is Django Fed, but okay. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I guess we had our everyone speed. <laughs> everyone oh. to the lifeboats, women, children, and paying moviegoers first. <laughs> <laughs> Let the screenwriters and director go down with the ship, I say. As the sun sets slowly in the west. Speed 2 Cruise Control sinks without a trace. The sequel to 1995's surprise travel bus hit has barely caused a ripple at the box office. The threadbare script is mostly to blame. It consists it consists almost entirely of simplistic exclamation point dialogue like, we're going to crash, we're going too fast, do something, <laughs> this isn't happening, we got to get him out of here, there isn't much time left, and the ever useful old bleep. <laughs> there's no it's a trap <laughs> yeah there's indeed not much time left for characterization or interpersonal drama speed 2 gets off to a winky dinky start with sandra bullock taking yet another disastrous driving test bullock's na- natural uh charm can go only so far however and you keep wanting to throw her a life preserver or a new script <laughs> as People drop dead around her. She must continue to whine about the ruination of her vacation. Bullock doesn't get a lot of help from her blandish co-star Jason Patrick, who plays her cop boyfriend. The nasty, computer-literate villain who likes to attach blood-sucking leeches to his body is certainly quirky. <laughs> Linda Foe, who's pretty quirky himself, does what he can with, with the overriding vagaries of his character's mad bomber motivation. The action bits are fairly frequent, but seem anemic when compared to what else is available to fans of such. Wow. <laughs> I was going to say that was enough for our speed talk, but no, we got a speed two review <laughs> in there. Too. And there's a post that's titled, is it really that bad? Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you I've, watch it for yourself and find out? <laughs> I've seen speed, which I like very much, but God, is this one really that bad? Should I even bother? And then the next person is, uh, Yes, it is that bad. Liking speed has nothing to do with not liking speed too, and no, you shouldn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe speed is gonna be our next Jaws. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> speed two. <laughs> Cruise control. Cruise control. Just say like, uh, Jaws, the revenge. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. Anyway. To Mark's second email, he says. Hey, how's it going, fellow Batfans? Well, I found the news of how DC is changing up their comic book lines after the big old Convergence event to be quite exciting. Since I'm still pretty new to the comic book world, I was eager to see how um, seasoned comic veterans would respond. So far, it's seemed pretty positive. Well, not after you hear (laughs) the beginning of this podcast, Mark. From us, anyway. Sorry. Now, as somebody who is new to the comics, what do I need to read to be ready for Convergence? I see that some of the comic book series are continuing with no break in the numbers. What does this mean? Are those 25 titles connected to the New 52? Also, how do you feel about DC stacking up against Marvel? I feel like Marvel has the momentum when it comes to movies. I'll once again iterate that DC should somehow do a Highlander series. 
That would tingle my 90s nostalgic needs. DCDC doing anything with Green Arrow now since the show is wildly popular. Uh, kind of answer that with the last email, but the last last though last thought: Will the new Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad put DC back into the minds of the layman media consumption? By the way, the cure is the best. <laughs> On a totally opposite note, I love 90s movies with Point Break. Hey, there you go. <laughs> Heat and Strange Days leading the way. Have you guys seen these movies? Uh, speaking for me, no on all three of them. <laughs> I've seen parts of Heat, but not all the way through. And I know, Dane, you just said it's been a while since you saw Point Break. <laughs> yeah. I've seen probably... Heat, though. I heard it's really... I mean, you've heard a lot of comparisons to Heat and the Dark Knight, I remember. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. accurate that is, though, since it's been a while since I've seen parts of Heat. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good movie. Because you're rooting for Al Pacino and Robert De Niro, so... And they're both mobsters, kind of, right? <laughs> or... Well, Al Pacino's a cop, and okay. um, Robert De Niro's like a bank robber, okay, well, and uh, like he pulls off like this big heist, and you're kind of rooting for both of them. Like, yeah, I want you to catch the guy, but I want Robert De Niro to get away. And like, there's a like that always in every movie. There's the final confrontation. I was gonna but, say uh, shows you how much I haven't seen it <laughs> in a while, or too it's much a good of movie. You should that watch Al Pacino it. was a monster too, and he's a cop. <laughs> yeah, you should watch it. Then he says, also, Darth Vader number one was great. As someone who works in the mental health field, I enjoy seeing Vader's psyche. We have to remember that Anakin's fall was very psychological in nature. I can always elaborate on that in the future. Yeah, totally agree with Vader number one. It is awesome. <laughs> we were talking a little bit earlier tonight on Twitter about Darth Vader being portrayed in the other Star Wars comic, how it's not, not necessarily the best portrayal of him, but... They're doing a great job in the Darth Vader, uh, his own title comic. So I just hope that continues in further issues. As far as convergence, I don't think there's really anything you can do to get too prepared for it, unless you want to go back and read all of the Future's End storyline and the uh, Earth 2 World's End, because I know that's where Convergence is going to jump off from. And like I said before, I haven't read Future's End because I heard it's been pretty mediocre. But I just know the basic premise of uh, Convergence is that Brainiac is like somewhere in like in between time and space where he's able to like take various timelines and planets from the different DC continuities and keep them like in his own like museum like bottled up like the Lost City of Candor. It's pretty much has a bunch of those, but instead of being cities, they're DC continuities in a way. So he's gonna kind of mix them up and put different characters with each other, which is what we're gonna see the two months of the Convergence and all those other titles. So I think the only thing really you would be able to read would be those like the new 52 uh, futures and to totally, I guess, start from the beginning and what leads into convergence. So that's the only connection I I'm aware of as far as the books I'm reading. There's really not too much. I'm just kind of viewing it as when it happens, it's just like an else world, <laughs> excuse me, an else world type story that we're getting that's set in the good DC continuity. So, <laughs> and I agree with you, what you're saying about Marvel DC is not on their level yet when it comes to movies and comics in general anyway so like we said before hopefully what they're doing with this revamp and with their movie line coming out which we're really excited for hopefully that puts them closer i mean would love to see them be neck and neck that'd be awesome and dc take the lead again without a relaunch gimmick type thing like the new 52 was so we'll see what happens but thanks again for your emails mark uh, good to hear from you as far as emails and going off from your topic suggestions so like I said at the beginning, hopefully we'll have you as part of our new email team. <laughs> and it's always fun talking to you on Twitter, too, so appreciate that also. So I think now we can move into our comic reviews, Dane. Okay. 
But first, I was thinking about what should we call Corbin, Alex, uh, Mike, uh, and hopefully Mark. Yeah, we need some some good name. Something that goes with Timmy Time and the Bat Fans Revolution. <laughs> How about the... The... Uh, Revolutioners? Yeah, that, that sounds good. The Timmy Time okay. Revolutioners. Yeah, and like our name, that changes every year. Yeah. <laughs> So for this year, this is what you guys are going to be known as. <laughs> yeah, the Revolutioners. It's kind of like, uh, what are the Doctor Who? Oh, the Whovians? The Whovians, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of like that, but cooler. Yes, I agree. <laughs> totally agree. Um, yeah, we can move on to, into a comic book, re- book reviews. Uh, spoilers, so if you, don't, if you haven't read your books yet, you might want to come back to this section later. So, uh, for this week, we're covering Batman Eternal recap issues 43 through 45 and Detective Comics number 39. So, uh, our rating skill for this episode is going to be things that people go crazy over on Twitter that Dane and Tim just don't get. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's complaining or just stuff. We don't know or care about, like, Doctor Who. <laughs> like, Doctor Who. Yeah. All right, so what was it again? <laughs> things that things people say that, on Twitter? Things that people like on Twitter that Dane and Tim don't care about. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> we'll just go with that, I guess. Yeah. Okay, Batman Eternal recap. These three issues... Uh, 43 was pretty cool because what I liked about that one, it's actually been a while since I read it, <laughs> since, our, since we're a little behind here, but that one, what I liked about it was how it was filling the gap in that, I think it was Batman number 28, remember? It kind of took a break from Zero Year for a, for a little bit, and it gave us a preview of Eternal where we show uh, Batman teaming up with uh, Bluebird, Harper Rowe, and then that's where we first saw Stephanie Brown get revealed <laughs> of how she's going to play into all that. Well, we finally saw that issue happen where... Harper Rowe and Batman are teaming up for the first time to go find Stephanie Brown, who's being held by Catwoman. And she's not really being held against her will. This Catwoman knows there's like a bounty on her head because she pretty much knows the whole plan that's going on in the storyline of Batman Eternal. So she wants to keep her safe. And the whole thing is that Batman and uh, Bluebird go to help her out. And it didn't elaborate too much on what we read in the Batman issue, but I just like seeing how it tied in with it. And we just got a little more of what happened after that last page in Batman number 28, where it got revealed that that spoiler. And then what happens that Catwoman actually wants to leave her with Batman because, you know, that's the safest place she'll be. But the twist is that spoiler, Stephanie Brown doesn't want to go with Batman. She feels more safe with Catwoman and thinks Batman and his team is the big problem. So I kind of liked how her and Harper Rowe kind of have this debate going on with each other, how, Stephanie Brown keeps bad-mouthing Batman and Bruce Wayne and how, like, they're all his lackeys and you guys are just part of the problem when Harper Rowe was trying to say, no, we're the solution. We're trying to help people here. So I do like that dynamic between them. So that was a good, solid issue. I like how it tied into Batman 28, seeing it all connect in a nice way, not something that contradicted something we read in that issue before. So I really like that issue. So I'll give that one four out of five things people uh, like on Twitter that Tim and Dane don't care about. But... <laughs> Issues 44 and 45, these ones, yeah, <laughs> I didn't like these issues too much. They were just a little more like filler. Issue 44 was Batman tracking down Dr. Milo, who we know from Batman the Animated Series as the person who worked for Daggett, who created that uh, cat scratch fever 
virus in that episode with Catwoman. <laughs> Not the greatest episode, but he did appear in a few other ones. As Batman's trying to track him down because he's supposed to be the one responsible for the explosion in Arkham. He got uh, he was like mixed with the formula of his and some like mystical energy. So pretty much this whole issue was Batman chasing him down at an airport, and of course he catches him. And this really standard issue, it really like I said, really just felt like filler because at the end Batman captures him, but then like these weird like spirit things start coming out. And then that's what goes into issue 45 where. This pretty much Batman is going against these like spirit things that I'm showing like visions of his parents and how he's a failure stuff we've seen before, but not quite to the same effect as it should be <laughs> in past stories. And it pretty much just I'm just gonna make this one quick. It leads up to the revelation where Batman uh, contacts this guy uh, Kerrigan, who's like uh, one of the like, uh, magic users, like the guy who's like that's his expertise to say what's going on, and that. Dr. Milo was like teamed up, uh, got some information with someone how to make, like I said, teamed up this formula with some like mystic energy to blow up Arkham. And then long story short, Batman figures out that the person who's like kind of doing all this, um, who's leaving clues some like that more mystic stuff, but at the same time has the resources to take over Wayne, en- Wayne Enterprises and so, like on a big global scale, who's like in with criminals, lawmakers and industrialists and mystics. It is Rachel Ghoul. That's who Batman figures out behind this. But what's keeping me from like being overly excited about this is that it's probably just going to be another detour, like red herring type thing, where and another filler story where you think it's him, but it's not. They're still keeping it a secret. And I haven't gotten issue 46 yet. You know, it came out this week. I haven't made it to my comic shop, but I did read a review on it, and it's kind of what I'm just going to say it now. It's kind of what I figured. Rachel Ghoul is not really the one behind it, so. That seems like a wasted issue. I'll probably still check it out to see where it goes because we're so close to the end with Batman Eternal. But come on, let's stop with these filler issues. It just these last two issues with Doctor Milo. He's not kind of like a main villain I want or a character I want to see two issues of. That was Batman trying to deal with, and to have it lead it to Rachel Ghoul, but then to have it just be another uh, non uh, non issue where he's the main threat. Just like like I said, another filler story. Just another thing to fool you and kind of drag the story on longer than it needs to be. So it's like, come on, let's get to the climactic battle here. Maybe you can drag that out a little bit instead of dragging out the eventual lead up to that battle. So for issue 43 was good, but issues 44 and 45, I was disappointed and just really felt like filler and unnecessary. So I'm just going to give both of them, uh, I'm going to go pretty low here. I'm going to give them one and a half out of five things people uh, say and like on Twitter that Tim and Dane don't care about or agree with. <laughs> so, yeah, these last two issues of Batman Eternal, very disappointing. I mean, it's so close to the end, I just hope it picks up. I wonder why there's filler right now. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> hey. All right. That, or, I was going to say Batman 39, I wish, because I can't wait for Batman <laughs> to come out again. But Detective number 39. We only got, this actually arc's going to end in the next issue too with uh, Anarchy. So this is the penultimate issue to the storyline, which has been pretty good for the most part. I've been enjoying the storyline, even though not quite as good as the Icarus one. But I mean, <laughs> again, I'll just say this too. Hard to complain too much when you have art this beautiful <laughs> and a storyline that's good enough to support it where it's not bad. Not, maybe not necessarily the greatest, but definitely keeps your interest. And so with this one, I liked about this issue is that Batman and Bullock are putting their differences aside here because that's been a main thread really since the start of 
Manipal and Bushiwato's run, how they just don't get along with working together. But there's a moment here where Alfred has like tells Batman, I just hope you know when to ask for help. And Batman's kind of realizing, you know what? I need Bullock's help here because he even says, we have like two pieces of the same puzzle, but we're lost without each other. So the issue ends just right off the bat with this great panel with Bullock with a shock look on his face. And you see the silhouette of Batman behind him. And like Bullock's like, everyone's looking for you, Batman. Because in the last issue, we saw that um, this the kid Lonnie, who I got to say, I totally missed this in the last issue. But I, as I did more research on uh, Anarchy, this kid Lonnie is actually the original Anarchy. So shows you how much I'm not too familiar with that character. But the, the, this new person here who is actually acting as Anarchy might not be him for the long run. I'm thinking maybe since this kid is revealed to be the original one in the at least the old continuity, maybe they're setting him up here to take on the mantle later on. But he, he was shot by Bullock's partner, but the police department is blaming it on Batman because with how everything's in commotion and chaos running through Gotham, the last thing people need to hear is the police shot a kid, an unarmed kid who was just putting on the mask. So they're putting the blame on Batman, which I also like too. Bullock doesn't sit well with him, them putting the blame on Batman in that regards. He was saying, telling his partner, you know, I don't like Batman. I like, I hate Batman more than anybody, but this is just wrong. Like, I know what you did, but at the same time, like, uh, I'm no rat. I'm not going to say what you really did. If this is all the police department wants to go with it, I'll, I may not like it, but it's something I have to do for like the good of the city type thing. So I just liked how it's showing, even though Bullock's still not crazy about Batman, he knows when something's being done to him that's not right, it still doesn't sit well with him. So the big mystery is that's going on here that Batman has those, he found all those skeletons of those kids when he took down the Mad Hatter, and Bullock has these photos of these kids that Batman wasn't able to identify. So that's where they're able to help each other out. And they're able to pinpoint this location to its old uh, mansion where it should be contain the answers that they're looking for as to what's anarchy's up to and the mystery behind these kids in the Mad Hatter. And as Batman and Bullock are investigating that house, uh, anarchy decides to pay Mad Hatter a visit in prison and busts him out and takes him with him to this uh, mansion. But this action sequence that plays out between Bullock and these uh, people who are being controlled by anarchy, um, it gets revealed that because Anarchy, as we knew in previous issues, left these masks pretty much to everyone on Gotham to use, to let them do what they want, either cause chaos, but it also made a point here in like the first few pages that there's actually some people who put on these masks who are doing good. You see them with uh, like Batman logos on the mask and uh, Superman logos. So it's just uh, kind of showing that not everyone's just doing things bad in this chaos with Anarchy. Some are actually doing good with it. But then it gets revealed that Batman finds some Mad Hatter tech in these masks. So you don't really know what's going on. If it was all causing chaos, you would say, okay, they're just being mind controlled by this Mad Hatter tech. But because some were doing good, you don't know if that's necessarily the case. So still kind of up in the air what like really is pulling the strings on these people with these uh, anarchy masks. But there was a cool action sequence that plays out here between Bullock and these anarchy followers. And Bullock uh, actually gets wounded. He gets uh, stabbed in the left shoulder or right shoulder actually and then batman just taking out the tons of these guys with these weapons there's this really cool panel where uh, batman this guy throws a knife at batman but batman puts his fist to block it and the knife just goes right through it but <laughs> you see how much pain batman is but he has to carry on and just take down all these different thugs it was just cool to see how this full fight sequence was laid out they're just and this artist team up of manipal and bushalab they're masters of laying out panels and just coloring, design, everything. This, they're just awesome artists. 
so that fight sequence goes on. Batman takes him down, and he sees Bullock's wounded, but Bullock points him to a to a portrait that shows has a lot of kids in there, and one of those kids is Mad Hatter, and it looks like one of the other kids is Alice, which is a lot of the mask that Anarchy's wearing. The face is based on the one he's wearing. It looks like the Alice, the character of Alice. That's who Mad Hatter calls him. So the issue ends with Anarchy bringing Mad Hatter out. Is about telling him that he's gonna face justice for what he did. And we don't necessarily know what that is yet, but I'm just guessing somehow Anarchy is related to Alice or maybe was friends with her or something that who Mad Hatter killed and he's getting revenge. But we'll probably get more revelations to this later on in the final part of this issue. But another solid issue, again, artwork, phenomenal. Good uh, story that matches the title of Detective Comics. I know I said that a lot, but it's really refreshing to get that type of story in a book that's called Detective Comics. So it's keeping the mystery good and like having you guess as you read it. So which is what a detective story should do. So another solid issue. I'm going to give it four out of five uh, things on Twitter that people complain about, like or say that Tim and Dane don't care about or agree on. (laughs) (laughs) I know I didn't say that right, but oh, well. (laughs) Uh, Well, I think you've covered everything, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> with that statement that's um, why i said it that long <laughs> yeah. well uh yeah that's it for us um just go over to the batman universe.net or on facebook at facebook.com slash batman universe or on twitter and the twitter handle is at batman universe wow that's a lot to say <laughs> and you said it fast without messing up either yeah and you can follow all of us on twitter you can follow follow twim <laughs> Twim. <laughs> um, and Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. Uh, one of these days. <laughs> and my Twitter handle is at Dane Says Banana. And you can follow, you can find us on iTunes as well as all the other Batman Universe podcasts on iTunes. And you can rate and review us and you can rate and review them. So why don't you go ahead and do that? It would be much appreciated. It would be much appreciated. Um, and you can send us an email with your questions or your comments or your um, just random thoughts or an education on where you live. Yeah. <laughs> um, those are much appreciated. We always love receiving emails. And if it wasn't for the emails, Tim and I would just be depressed. Depressed so, and lonely. <laughs> yeah, depressed and lonely. So you can send us an email at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. And you can check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash batfanspodcast. And on Twitter, mostly on Twitter. And our Twitter handle is at batfans27. So with that, as we like to say at at the end of every podcast, if you're listening to this, just remember, you're never alone. You're never alone, right? Never. Never, ever. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And we love you. So, with that, goodbye, everybody. We love you. Yes, goodbye. And it was good to be back, I have to say. Yeah, <laughs> it was too it was, long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was only one week. Yeah. One week difference. <laughs>
scarecrows frightened.